Peace up. Peace A-Town. Up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 to attend episode 17 of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. I am Lacey Liu, although I sound like somebody going through puberty right now, I'm still me. Um, with me, as always, are my lovely ladies. We have our young buck, Carly. What's up, Carla? <sighs> Not much. I work too much, and I'm tired all the time, but, you know, what else is new? Awesome. And you go to you go to drive-ins all the time too. I do always I do, at the homing. That was a that was a fun time. I will say I went there for the Memorial Day weekend, and I took Friday off, and then of course I had Monday off. So that was that was a nice time. Um, Did you actually say. watch the movie? Um, at the drive-in. I don't. That's why I'm asking. Oh. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, I well, thought you were asking a... something else. <laughs> oh, no, like, that's what I was asking. Right. Well, that's exactly what I was asking. Oh, were you okay. in a tent at the back of the drive-in is what she was asking. Yeah. Did it get foggy, Carly? <laughs> it did. I, it's, literally, it did. There, the last yeah. movie on one of the nights you couldn't even see, so I uh, opted to take a nap. Um, but oh. That, there's a lot of movies, like, they play three movies a night, so, uh, yeah, I, so, yeah, we watched the films for the most uh, part, um, we did fall asleep a few times, we did not, uh, have sex or anything in the car, um, <laughs> I did, I did put an air mattress in it, though, in the back, and that was, that was both awesome and a mistake, because it made it too comfortable, and it made it kind of hard to, uh, stay awake for all the movies but oh, yeah yeah <laughs> well you know what helped you stay awake i'm picturing you like slamming the door on jp like living in john does to um john travolta in greece and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, he, did he elbow you in the tit carly <laughs> probably a few times yeah yeah <laughs> um we also have uh Nikki K, what's up, Nikki? Hello. Yeah, doing well. Uh, last night was a pretty quiet night. I had just realized that they had put 
Stranger Things season four on Netflix. So that's what Anthony and I did last night. I, I love that show. I only made it to season two of that show and then I kind of fell off. So, and I hear uh-huh. kind of mixed things about the other seasons. So I kind of just gave up on it. Hey, right on. That's cool. Um, I thought it was pretty cool with season three and the soundtrack with the eighties really stood out to me. <laughs> I do like the soundtrack to that show is one of the things that I love the most. It was really good, but yeah, I think it adds a, a cool element to it that makes it stand out more to me, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It got too sci-fi-y for me. I was... Yeah, like, I'm... You know, I actually am not a big sci-fi person, but I do love Stranger Things. Same here, Nikki. I'm... I Carly, I hate sci-fi for the yeah. most part. And it... But it doesn't really... I think season three went back... A little bit more to kind of the way season one felt mm-hmm. but I mean it has it's got cool elements but yeah uh, so now I just love seeing all these people my age like all pissed off that all these kids think they just discovered Kate Bush's running up the hill <laughs> from that show. that's I one of my it. favorite songs too <laughs> There's actually a lot of different uh, variations of that song, too, uh, that people have remade over the years. How does that song go? It's, um, running up that hill. Something. <laughs> 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 so that's that's a lovely voice. Nikki, you could be Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I never prided myself on being a good singer. But. Is Jessica Simpson still around? <laughs> well, it's kind of like an inside joke, actually. Like Nikki oh. um, <laughs> used to sing. Um, she used to sing uh, Jessica Simpson. Like she's like, I think if I practice, I could be really good. <laughs> will you, will you listen to me practice. And like, of course, I didn't want to fucking listen to her practice, but like, <laughs> no, I was supportive of her. And like, so she like sang one time. She was singing. What song was it, Nikki? Was it? Was it? I'm gonna love you forever. Yeah, and like, I would I would sing. I'd be like, okay, I'll start singing, and if it's bad, just tell me to stop. And I would get I would only sing like two lines, and she would be like, start over, start over, start over. (laughs) So I just like gave up. I was like, okay, this is not happening. Yeah, I thought I was pretty good at singing, too. And then I started recording myself to hear how it sounded. And, like, I almost teared up. I was like, oh, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually really bad. Carly, you, did great. you did great, though, at your Stevie Nicks that you posted. That was okay. awesome. Thanks. I was drunk then. I, I did feel like I was nailing it while I was doing it. So there's, <laughs> that was, like, my shining moment. But, yeah, I recorded myself on my MP3 player back in the day. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's. That's me? That's an and MP3 player. <laughs> I had an MP3 player for a really long time. Oh, no, I'm saying I'm too old to even know what that is. <laughs> That's uh, an MP3 player. <laughs> technology just passed her by. <laughs> no, it really did. Like, I remember, like, um, like, I didn't know what Instagram was for, like, the longest fucking time, and now it's, like, one of my favorites. But... I was like, what the fuck is Instagram? And they're like, it's where you post pictures. I was like, who wants to just post pictures? Exactly. That was yeah. my thing. It was like, so it's like Facebook, but without all of the interaction and the talking and that you can't type anything. You can't put links. 
okay, that sounds stupid. I'm just going to go to Facebook. You know, Instagram's great because it's like, I got two seconds. Here you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we also have our summer party sister who just traveled abroad. Can't wait to hear some of your stories here, Heather. Uh, what's up, Heather Powell? Hey, guys. Yeah, I met, I think the most interesting thing is I met Kate from the internal spotless, what is it? The internal, internal spotless of the, I don't know, not so spotless yeah. mind, whatever the fuck your podcast is, Kate. Um, <laughs> and we hung dark, out. <laughs> darkness of the not so spotless mind. So spotless mind. And uh, she came down to London in the last leg of my trip. And I can say, and Kate's going to say it on her podcast too, that we slept together, Kate and I. Um, Woo! You know, she got too drunk to go home and she had to share my hotel room with me. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was a lot of fun. She came down and we hung out and we went out for some pretty decent Chinese food. And then it was we, we both had a lot to drink. So we passed out by like midnight. But um, yeah, she's a cool chick. It was cool to meet her in person. She's a lot of fun. And I, I kind of felt special because it's, you know, you don't get to meet a lot of people from overseas. Right. Um, so that was that was a really cool experience. Hell, we don't get to meet people from like adjacent yeah. states most of the time. True. True. Right. Yeah. yeah. Heather, you took a lot of amazing photos. Really beautiful. You've seen Thanks. some cool things. Yeah, man. I did that. I posted that mostly for my family because my aunt and my mom were worried so I was traveling alone and um, they liked when I posted on Facebook and check in the things. And plus, you know, like a trail as well as showing people where I was. But yeah, it was, it right. was a Smart. changing experience. Right. Right. So, um, it was a life-changing experience. Like it was incredible. I think Dublin is amazing. Newcastle is the craziest party city I've ever been to. London is like any major city. So if you've been to New York, you've been to LA, you've been to Toronto, you've, you've been to a version of London, but um, fun place. If you guys ever get a chance to go, I, I definitely recommend it. You guys would have a good time. I think the thing that I was most excited for you was when you got upgraded from your theater seats. Oh or man, yeah. <laughs> Like that was that you gotta tell us about that. Well, yeah, I went to see the Mousetrap, which is the longest running play in uh, London, and I kind of just bought last minute tickets the night before. I was only in London for two nights, so I got there and they're like, "Yeah, um, we didn't open the second balcony tonight. You're sitting in the third row." I'm like, "What?" It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. amazing, right? So um, the benefits of traveling solo, like I did meet up with some friends in Newcastle and I made some really nice um two dudes who were just awesome we went to a drag show on the on the wednesday night that i was in dublin they were they were really cool uh but the, the benefit of being by yourself is that you just have to worry about yourself and you can buy one ticket and get upgraded to things yeah mm-hmm. um, that's, the way, that's the way i feel about like conventions when i started going yeah. by myself because you don't have like the dead weight of somebody who doesn't want to go somewhere or somebody who's mm-hmm. like i don't want to go to the hotel right yeah <laughs> yeah like, and, you know, you can party and drink as much as you want, but man, Temple Bar and fucking Dublin and fucking Newcastle, I have never seen, I, I've never seen partying like that. It was, it's a different lifestyle of drinking and partying that it's, it's not like Canada and the United States. Like, it's just a whole different approach. But yeah, it was a good time. I missed you guys, though. I missed recording. I knew the day you were doing it, but I was five hours ahead of you. And um, I'm glad it went well. I'm looking forward to listening to the episode. When we started recording, you you just posted that you were drinking, and <laughs> so I had to mention that on a on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably was. It's true. Yeah, that's funny. 
I commend you for traveling solo. I could barely go into a Dollar General by myself, let alone do that. <laughs> but like, I would like to do it. But I feel like anytime I go somewhere alone, I get this like unnecessary paranoia that everyone is like, oh, that poor loser's alone when no one really cares. But like, like yeah. I went to gar- garage sales last two weeks ago by myself because I didn't have anyone else to go with. And I just felt like uncomfortable the whole time. I was like, everyone is here with their families and they all probably think I'm weird. And, you know, Carly, I felt that way at your age. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, your age. But I felt that way then too. (laughs) I know I would have never done this in my 20s ever. Really? Being 39 and after being married and divorced and a lot of other shit I've had, I'm like, fuck everyone else. Fuck Mm. their needs. Mm. I'm putting my needs first. Hashtag the year of me. And this is what I want to do. And that, it was the easiest thing. Honestly, Carly, once you get past, and no one fucking cares. Like, let me make something very clear. If anything, people are jealous because they, they're fighting with their significant other or their friend. <laughs> You're sitting there having a fucking lot relaxing, you know, watching what's going on. They're like, that person looks so at peace. And you can talk to whoever you want. And people are so friendly when you travel to Europe. It is not, you know, it's not... Canada and the United States are not as friendly. Neither country is when you travel around. But yeah. Europe is a different... I, like, I don't know, Rebecca's been to Europe too. She probably had that mm-hmm. experience, right? It's just people are nicer. And they're more willing to talk to you. So one day, Carly, give it time. Give it time. Yeah, once I have to look forward to when well, I'm 39. Car- I, I was going to say, Carly, <laughs> after you get married, go through a horrible divorce. <laughs> yes. You're going to be ready for that solo You trip. have to go through the whole uh, ringer before you can absolutely. upgrade to yeah. that. You need more trauma, Carly, before you okay. can actually go forward with that trip. <laughs> Great. Well, um, we also have Rebecca Reinhardt. Um, how is production on Tin Roof going? You know, uh, we film in two weeks, so probably when everybody's listening to this, I am probably going to be balls deep in filming. Oh. Uh, so no matter what, this thing's happening, and uh, so it's a lot of last-minute stuff. Um, but, I mean, we're ready. So, I mean, we have flights, locations, people, whatever. So hell or high water, we're making this movie. No, I may be off yeah. Facebook, but uh, you ladies are nice enough to still post on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. So um, I did see one of your posts. Um, you were like, um, it was something in regards to the Amazon Packer. <laughs> oh, my God. So I have I've made so many random Amazon purchases for props <laughs> and things for the movie. Like, I mean, uh, one one day I bought like four gallons of pancake syrup. Um and that's because that's an easy way to make bulk blood, if you guys don't know that. Uh, that's the base. But, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm getting gallons of pancake syrup delivered. I've bought prop guns. I bought all kinds of weird shit. And, you know, I don't really think about it when I make the car. It's just, oh, I have my to-do list. Da, da, da. Well, um, my DP has battery-operated lights. And so he's, like, okay, we're going to need, like, a crap ton of, like, good batteries. Not dollar store batteries. Good batteries. Blah, blah, blah. And then there's like a there's a very particular scene that I needed a couple things for. So I put it all in there and then I get the box and I open it and I have a pair of bright pink underwear, a box of condoms (laughs) and a huge pack of batteries. And I'm like, I hope I brought a smile to that Amazon Packers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did. You did. (laughs) Like, really, it's just for the movie. <laughs> I love sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of horror movies, we actually have uh 
a very uh, prolific horror journalist with us today. We've been secretive about it. She is one half of the founder, founding duo of pophorror.com, and her name is Tracy Allen. Tracy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello, hello. Hello. Good. We're glad to have you. So for all of you who don't know, uh, Lacey and I are contributors for her site, and she does uh, a lot of promotion, a lot of reviews, has a lot of connections with the horror community and uh, recently decided to branch out and write her own script. And she has a new short out called The Weight of Guilt. You want to talk about that, Tracy? Sure. Um, the Weight of Guilt is, um, it started off as a story for um, Bill Oberst Jr.'s Gothic Goodnight uh, podcast. And it kind of just became its own thing. And um, I wrote it with him in mind, reading it, of course, because that's who I assumed was going to read it. And so um, when I showed it to a friend of mine, Justin Born Boring, um, he loved it and thought it would be make a great short. So we went through all the channels and all the things we had to do and jumped through all the hoops. And um, ha we found animator um, Joseph Daniel Rodriguez, who's amazing. He made a tone. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but he's um, beautiful, beautiful animation. And um, he drew it. Justin did the um, storyboards. Uh, we both edited and produced it ourselves, 100% ourselves. And um, and yeah, it's, so a year later, here we are. Awesome. Awesome. And it is fabulous. It is it is animated, but it is definitely adult animation. Not not adult like you know boobs and that kind no. of crap. But it's adult themed. It's not kid animation. <laughs> It's not Ren and Stimpy. Oh man. <laughs> <clears throat> but we'll put a link uh, whenever you see this post. You'll you'll get a link to that. It's on YouTube. You can also just search for it, I'm sure. But it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But she is she is here today to uh, to talk to us about all of our wonderful stalker movies and everything else. And we're happy to have her. Yay, thank you for having me. Yay! Yeah, uh, Tracy, how did you, where did your love of horror start? Like, um, you're such an integral part of the community. Like, I don't even know oh, where well, that started. Yeah. Um, I, my mom would read Stephen King, and she had these, like, crates of Stephen King paperbacks. So when I was, like, you know, eight, nine years old, bored, be like, oh, what's this one? And then just, it just snowballed from there. And then um, I started writing reviews for a site called Cryptic Rock, um, which was run by someone else. So when Pop Horror came around and we were offered the opportunity to run it, Tori and I, um, did we say her name? Tori Danielle Romero. No, yeah, she's the other, the other half. Yes, the other, <laughs> yes, half. the other half. Yes, we love her. She's been mentioned several times. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and we just... You know, we just took it over and we, we've been running it since 2016. Um, so, yeah, so I've talked to a lot of different celebrities and which is kind of cool, but also like really nerve wracking because you're like, what if the dog barks or something, you know, when you're when you're trying to interview somebody. Um, but um, yeah, so it's been fun. We've seen a lot of cool movies, met a lot of nice people and um the horror community is just like, like everyone is so warm and accepting 
of and I mean anything. You know, I was thinking like, what other genre of movie has like cons like we do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We you don't see like comedy cons or like, I mean I guess they do rom- romance cons, but not like they're not big like the horror community ones are. And I I feel like there's a lot more um, jealousy. And, and, and stuff in other genres and in this and in the horror genre we're all just like oh that's so cool you know we're, we're all just proud of each other and it's so i just thought that was pretty cool yeah i feel that tracy the horror community is definitely a very accepting place mm-hmm. hell yeah What's your favorite horror movie, Tracy? Just so listeners can vibe with you. Um, my my hate favorite. Ho- okay, so my go to is always Jaws. I knew you were gonna um, say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because it's like it, once it became my favorite, it just became the one that would just pop out of my mouth. Um, like Jaws I've popping seen, out of the water. <laughs> yes, you never know. Um, so but I, I mean, movies like Feast and um. There are some other movies that I just oh slither. You know, there's. Did you watch that... Project Greenlight, Tracy? No, I didn't watch the show, but I watched the result. So... Um, I think it's on. I think it's on uh, HBO Max now. Oh, uh, is yeah, like I think it was two seasons. Um, but yeah, that's how Feast. You know, you're obviously know, <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen anything from the other films that um went into that contest so i don't know what else was available but uh i don't either yeah no it was a fun show i don't remember like i watched it like when it aired like three episodes of it um which it was like at the end at that time so like i feel you there <laughs> so i'm not <laughs> but yeah and what would you say is your favorite horror novel mm, let me think you're a big reader I mean, <laughs> I'm a, yes, I'm a big reader, and I collect Stephen King books, first edition Stephen King books. So in theory, I could say any Stephen King book, but not really, because they're not all as good as the others. Um, see, I would say, um, you know, I'll just go with Stephen King because I'm having a brain fart and I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> it is very early. Um, all right. Uh, what is your favorite horror franchise? Oh, Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite part? The, I I actually love. You guys are gonna think I'm stupid, but um, I love. Well, I love Part Seven, and I love the remake. I don't know. There's just something about the remake that I just I love the way they like combined all of these things from all the other films and made it into one. And I love Fast Jason. <laughs> See, you guys, she just, the she just, she just, I love the remake. Like, wow. so, so why yeah. did my, so why when I was debating the Friday remake, did it not win? Right, I was going to say, you had the wrong person on the show, Lacey. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Heather, you're fired. <laughs> no, Heather couldn't even vote at that time. <laughs> Because your movie won, but that's fine. That's true, uh, it did. Uh, and for those curious that haven't listened to that episode, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you if you haven't listened. Go back and listen to it. It's a really fun show. 
Just know the remake didn't win. I will say, uh, commenting on part seven, I do like part seven quite a bit (laughs) on Friday the 13th. I think it's the, I mean, I think the main lead isn't that great, and neither is the mom, and that's kind of where it falls short. But I think just the effects of Jason are really, really creepy. And I think Mm -hmm. the score in that one is the creepiest. Like, they really kind of do the... Like, they don't do that in any other of the movies. And it's just something about that really bugs me out. But uh, so I'm with you there. I do like part seven. I've, it's always had a special place in my heart. Didn't and you debate part seven? Did I? Yeah. I, I did. Yes. I think you did. <laughs> I think, yeah, I did. I'm not good at debating. Yes. Notice how quiet the- Nikki and I are. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to step up for our movies, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, it was Manhattan and goes to hell, right, Rebecca? Mm-mm-mm. I X. was X. X. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jamie had uh, goes to hell. That's so right. Yeah, those were those were interesting ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love part seven too, Tracy. That's one of my oh. favorite in the franchise too. It always has stuck out in my mind. Is uh, amazing. <laughs> I think that like. The fact that Jason actually had someone who could really fight mm-hmm. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I she was yeah. on fire for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <Hunter. laughs> uh, okay. I know you're a big Derek Mears fan, aren't you, Tracy? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I remember knowing that for some reason. <clears throat> or another. Um, I think I remember you meeting him at a convention or something. I've met him every year at the Rock and Shot convention, and um, his wife and I are actually pretty close friends now, Aww. which is weird. Um, but <laughs> like, like they let me sit there at their table with them. Like, it's kind of weird, but also kind of cool. Um, so yeah, so we've actually—I mean, not him so much, but Jenny—we've um, actually gotten pretty close. I love that. That's awesome. And she's an amazing photographer. If you ever need headshots or anything done, Jenny Brzezinski is who you want to go to. Awesome. Well, we do have um, our Girl Talk topic, which is, I'm not sure, um, Nikki, did you tell them it was creepy chicks or creepy dudes? Yes. Okay. So uh, this story is obviously going to be either about a creepy dude or a creepy chick. So it's going to be interesting to see which one you guys pick. So uh, Carly, why don't we start off with you today? All right. Um, So I was trying to think, I've already talked about one creepy dude that, you know, kind of, Oh, we know which creepy dude you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided, okay, I've talked about that creepy dude. I shall now pick another creepy dude because they kind of plague me in my life. And this was a dude that I worked with at my first job that lasted like 10 seconds when I was 17, 16 rather, um, at Shop and Save, which I don't know if, I think that might be a local place here, but it's it's like a, you know, just a grocery it's like store. like East kind of. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I wasn't sure if either. Cause it was, it, yeah, because when I visited Massachusetts, they had a shop and save. Do you oh, have okay. those, Tracy? Because you're Eastern, too. Right? I have never seen a shop and save in my life. No? <laughs> no. We have stop and shop. 
Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I was going to say, that might be what you're thinking of, Lacey, because I know there's like a few stores that then they're save a lot. There's a lot of stores that sound the same, but I think shop and save might just be a PA thing. I don't know for sure. But anyway, that was my first stupid job um, when I was 16 and I wanted money to rate to uh, buy a PS3. And it lasted like three months because I was really shy and I was like crying in the bathroom stall every day and calling my mom (laughs) to like get me out of it. But anyway. When I first started there, there was a dude that trained me, and I worked in the hot food section, and, uh, you know, he was nice. Um, He told me he had, like, dyslexia and stuff, and that was, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, But he was very slow at the job, so that gave me a lot of anxiety, because, like, he's, like, training me, and we're, like, out of sandwiches and stuff, and I'm, like, over there trying to make a sandwich, and he's keeps talking, and I'm, like, okay, bro, you gotta make the sandwiches, too, and all that stuff, so he was kind of annoying in that aspect, but he was nice. Um, so then, you know, long story short, of course, he fell in love with me and wanted to date me, and I was, like, I'm not really interested, sorry, and he was another one of those guys that didn't really get the hint or the flat out sorry I'm not interested and he would text me all the time and he was just very um weird like I'm trying to think he like said I said something and he was like oh if I was there I would I would run you a bath and put you in the bath and then lather you up with lotion and then put you to bed and then it it was like 20 text messages and (laughs) Like, I fell asleep while he was sending all these messages, and the next day I just replied with, cool. And then, (laughs) (laughs) like, everything I would say to him was, like, one word. And then he would say, like, I love you, and I wouldn't say, and he was like, you don't have to say it back, like, but I'm I'm gonna say it, okay? And I was like, okay. Uh, Like, I'm not gonna say it back, but okay. So he would always tell me he loved me, and then... Like, I hung out with him once outside of work because he was just asking. And it was really awkward because he was, like, trying to cuddle up next to me. And I'm like, this isn't the one that, like, I just I just want to be friends. And I do not want to be cuddled by someone I'm not into. So that was creepy. And then what else did he do? Um, it's been a while. So this guy, actually, he made a Facebook a little about a year or two ago. And he messaged me and was like, oh, you're still cute as always, I see. But... He finally, like, eventually he had a girlfriend for a while, and he went into detail with me about how he lost his virginity, and he was, like, telling me about her vaginal juices and all this stuff, and I'm like, Mm. bro, and then he used to send me naked pictures of himself, and he was like, now I know you're not experienced with seeing naked guys, so I'm just sending these so you just know what a a guy looks like, and I'm like, dude, I I don't want to see your penis, like, I don't want to see your full body nakedness I didn't ask for this you're not educating me you're just trying to like you know be like here I am naked and he was just fucking weird and finally he I forget I think I just kind of stopped replying to him and he went away but um he went away (laughs) yeah I always have these issues like everywhere I work it seems like there's a guy I mean my current job I'm okay but there's always just some dude that is a little bit off and they fall madly in love with me for some reason. You mean, Carly, maybe there's a no standard we're not holding men to in society and they think it's okay to do this stuff. Weird. 
crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is raised fucking behavior Mm -hmm. that people think men have been told that if she doesn't like you, try harder in a heterosexual relationship. And it's not you, Carly. It's a societal problem. Yeah, and then (laughs) then you look like... You know what I mean? Again, it's like you look like the bad guy in the end of it. Like, the girl always looks like the one who let him on and did all this stuff. And I'm like, but I didn't. I told him, no, I do not like you at all. I'm sorry. Um, And, yeah, it's true, though. Like, guys get told to try harder. And it needs to change. You need to get told to stop bothering women. That's what you need to get told. So, like, unless you're asked to. Like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? So you know what it... How does he know you don't know what a naked man looks like? And what does he make think him, makes him think that he's the ideal specimen to right. show you that? Shit? Oh, he also like, sent honestly. Me, he sent me pictures. He was like, here's what my, because I think he asked me like, hey, are you like experienced? And I was just honest. I was like, no, I, I've never really had like a solid relationship or anything. And I've not really done anything, you know, just being, just talking. And he also showed me like his pre-cum and then is come after masturbating Whoa, he was oh like, my like i'm like i could go watch porn dude and then he was working right. this night job he was working like security at some fruit stand and he was sitting in the car at night like sending me pictures of i think he showed me his penis like on top of a donut or something disgusting oh, like that something about food hell? i forget how did this go on carly right. what how long how did long? this go on not very long. Not very long. Like, I eventually was just like, I, I dude, I can't. Like how old were you? Like, 16. Oh, my Seven, gosh. Going on 17. 16, yeah, because I how was... How old a, was this guy? He was... Oh, yeah, that's true. It was kind of, like, rapey, I think. Because I think he was, like, 19. You didn't I think report he was, like, this dude? What's that? You didn't report this guy? No, I didn't. I was just, like, I felt bad for him, of course. So I just kind of... Right. See, that's the other problem is like uh-huh. we have to feel sorry for them. Oh, he has dyslexia and he probably just doesn't blah blah blah. So he they just always is- tell me their mental disorders too. Like that other guy I worked with at the hotel was like, just so you know, uh, I have Aspergers, and I'm like, okay. yeah, like, like they try yeah, to make you maybe. feel like this is why I'm doing. No, they're this. they're trying to justify, and I have dyslexia mm-hmm. too. That doesn't make me a fucking pervert. Pervert. So like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know, Heather. No. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not they're not related. Let's put it that way. Right. Yes, I'm a pervert. I'm consensual. I would never send pictures to someone who didn't want them. Right. Just a lot of people do. So, <laughs> but like, I honestly, Carly, this these conversations, like some of these movies we're gonna talk about later, fucking boiled my blood. I got so oh, mad yeah. at the fucking. We'll get into it, but it, I was angry through. I would say like ninety percent of the movies we watched. Thank God for a picture. <laughs> presentation because that was the only one that didn't make me that angry so but i was real mad for a lot of them and this is why it's this shit right like they think they're like self-entitled yeah you think back in like the 30s and 40s you know like your grandmother or somebody like an older person would say like oh he i I didn't like him at first but he pursued me and now we've been married 50 Uh, years yeah oh yeah what was she thinking back then was she like thinking like Oh, I'm gonna be coy and and pretend I don't like him. Well, she's seriously like ew, and then the guy just wore it out. I like, and I feel like back then it was kind of different too, because you didn't have, you weren't texting each other naked pictures. It was more like, you know, the well, guy women, coming up to them in person. And women and doing, had to find a man to survive. True. Yeah. Like that yeah. reality. 
right? People got married, women got married because you couldn't even buy a fucking house on your own till like yeah. the 70s. Right. Yeah, you right? had to get right. You had to get married. Yeah. It's a weird, weird to think about how times change. Absolutely. Right? I feel like you're just gonna be angry this episode. I'm super sorry in advance, everyone listening. You're gonna hear, I don't know, maybe it's been two months off and it wasn't good for me, but some of these movies just and your story, Carly, I'm already like, what the fuck? But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to keep it in check. <laughs> well, Heather, why don't you tell us your story? <laughs> oh, mine isn't nearly as bad. Um so I was in I was in Newcastle recently and Newcastle, England, and I went to a pub with some friends and I'm at the bar ordering my drinks and this really drunk dude, his name was Dennis, and he's like, You're Canadian. I can tell. Yay. <laughs> and usually I get mistaken for American, right? We sound similar. It's I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. You're right. How did you know that? He's like, I worked in Alberta and which is a province. <laughs> I yeah. love your voice for this guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was super drunk. He was super drunk. And um, I'm like, oh, what did you do in Alberta? And he worked like in a place called Fort McMurray, which is where a lot of military people work. So I couldn't quite figure out how this guy from Newcastle came to Canada. And anyway, it doesn't really matter. He was here for two years or whatever. And he was, you know, just chatting with me and chatting with me. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I got to I gotta go out. So he follows me out to where my friends are. <laughs> my friends are looking at and he's like i i just i just want you to know that there's a tim hortons here and my friends are like what the fuck is a tim hortons other i'm like oh yeah <laughs> those who don't know is a well-known canadian coffee chain um it was started by a canadian hockey player of course and it's universal across canada everyone and he started using like phrases from the coffee shop he's like you know like if you want to get a double double <laughs> A double-double. My friends are like, who the fuck is this loser? What is happening? I like how stereotypical it is. Like, oh, she's Canadian. I have to bring up Tim Hortons. And he's like, all her life is revolving around, I'm sure. And he's going on and on. And, like, my friends are trying to get him to leave because they keep being like, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. So he'll go, right? And he's still going on. About how there's this Tim Hortons in Newcastle, and I got to go to it, and I need to take these guys to Newcastle, to Tim Hortons Newcastle, and eventually he finally leaves. So eventually, I guess he his buddy came out and was like, "Okay, Dennis, I think it's time to go home now." And Dennis like apparently like walked away, and my friends are like, "What the fuck's Tim Hortons? Are we going there?" I'm like, "Nah, shitty coffee and fucking shitty tea. I'm not taking you to that fucking hole." But like. <laughs> It was just, and it wasn't creepy. Like, this is actually a story where the dude wasn't trying to pick me up or thing. He just couldn't read the signs that he needed to leave and was just adamant on talking about this Canadian coffee chain to me. But he at least noticed I was Canadian. So I guess that was a high five to Dennis. So Dennis, if you're listening, I hope you got to Tim Hortons and got your double-double. You probably needed it after that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, or hopefully he went to a better coffee shop. Or a better coffee shop other than Tim Hortons. But he seemed to really like Tim Hortons. It seemed to be his favorite part about living in Canada. So I'm glad he uh, he had such a good experience. <laughs> What's a double-double? like? Oh, it's two milk, two sugar, or two cream. So uh, if you go into Tim Hortons, yeah, it's like a total thing. We even have things called Timbits, which are basically like Dunkin' Donuts. You know the munchkins? Same oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, same shit. Like, so it's it's a big thing, though. And it's very connected with hockey. And ah. yes, hockey is very much praised in this country. So hmm. it's just a very cultural 
So the fact that he brought it up to me surprised me. And the fact that there was a Tim Hortons in fucking Newcastle, England, even shocked me more. But there's a lot of American chains there. Like there's KFC and Burger King and other stuff too. So I guess I shouldn't be that shocked. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was my creepy little soccer story. <laughs> cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. He still won't get the point. He's like, yeah, hey, cheers. And they kept going. They're like, get the fuck out of here. And they're English people. So they're overly polite to each other. Right, so it's yeah. like, mm, yes, mate, cheers, cheers. And like, he just kept cheersing them and no one, he wasn't getting the point until his friend pulled him away that that meant get the fuck out of here. But yeah. <laughs> right. All right, Nikki, what's your creepy chick or creepy dude story? You know, I don't have too many stories about creepy dudes or creepy chicks. There were a lot of people throughout my life that were clingy in a sense, but it, it never really lasted for long. The The only one that really stands out in my mind is this guy named Danny. And I only met him one time, but he remained in my life for about three years. And I only spent time with him one time. And what happened was my friend invited me over to his house and Danny was there. And we got some drinks, we had fun, we were laughing, and I did notice, like, I did pick up on the energy, because he would laugh at, like, everything I said, even if it wasn't funny, and I was like, I, I thought he was harmless, though, so there was that night where we had fun, but then, like, this three years progressed where, uh, like, my friend would be like, yeah, Danny's over here, he, he really wants to see you, and I don't know if they, like, kind of like got his hopes up about everything. Um, but I never went over. Something with my intuition said, do not go. And there were all of these times where they'd be like, yeah, Danny's here. Oh, he's out at the bar. He wants to see you come. And it just never worked out. I never hung out with this guy again. And I don't know if I was being protected or what, but he would randomly send me messages on Facebook as, well, yeah, you need to come over here. You need to come hang out. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing something else tonight. And, like, it got to the point where I was with a friend. And I, and she's like, who is this guy that, like, his, his, is messaging you? I'm like, he, like, will message me once. And then it will be, like, three months go by. And then he'll message me again. And... He, he's just not getting the hint. She's like, well, you have to tell him. So we actually ended up calling him and telling him that I wasn't interested. And finally, when I put my foot down, he left me alone. So, yeah, I really had to speak up and tell him, hey, yeah, I'm not interested in you. <laughs> was this Danny B? <clears throat> yes. Okay. I was like, who the fuck is Danny? And then, and then I started to like remember ever like this. I can't. Ah, I'm dying. Aw, poor Lacey. Lacey. I'm glad he listened. Die. I'm glad he listened to you, Nikki. Like, thank God you said I don't like you, and he fucked off. Like, yeah, I had to physically say it to him, though. I had to be like, and you know, sometimes that doesn't always work, too. Like, sometimes you no. say I'm not interested, and then they keep coming at you harder. Um, yeah. But he he did. He left me alone once I finally said, hey. I'm not interested. Yeah, it is a shame because you're trying to kind of give him the hint and then you have to come down to the awkward, 
like, hey, sorry, I'm not into you. Mm-hmm. Like, you just wish they would get the hints. Also, I hate when guys laugh at all my jokes that aren't funny, too. Like, I, I know <laughs> right? I'm not. Yeah, like, like it's like, don't don't humor me, bro. Like, I know I'm not. I know that was a bad joke, so don't. Well, it was okay. like, even, yeah, it's like simple things, too. Like, I got in the car, and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, um, oh, God. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have told you the special yeah. Nikki's like, man, I really could go for a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope I'm choking. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, please tell me you have a creepy chick story. No, it's, this is a creepy dude story, unfortunately, because, you know, when it comes to creepy people, I'm sorry, men usually went out. Um. <laughs> So I never, I always tell like little floofy stories on here. Nothing that like is really, you know, big. And I don't really talk about like my like quote unquote real life because podcasting and horror and making movies is what I do to get away from the crap I have to do to pay the bills. Uh, but I am, um, I am a network administrator. So I work in the IT profession. Um, I went to school for mathematics, uh, when I was an undergraduate, um, I ended up being an assistant, uh, director of technology for a school district for 10 years, and then a director of technology for another school district for another 10 years. Um, and so I am very used to being the chick in the room, uh, my entire adult life. Like, these are just all things that just women don't, you know, like I'd go to a meeting of all the local tech directors and I would be the one. Oh, hey, it's that chick from Greenwood, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm really used to it. But early in my career, I wasn't um, and I had to learn a few lessons. Um, so when I worked my first job, uh, we were renovating a uh, our office building. And so to save money, my boss, who was the director of technology there, uh, decided we were going to actually do all the wiring ourselves. So all of the Ethernet cables and, you know, all the technology stuff. So it was it was cool. You know, I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, it's summertime and I'm, you know, I'm going to go, you know, run cable and crap in this like construction site, you know, so. Obviously, it's a construction site, so I was the only chick at the construction site, too. <clears throat> of course. Uh, so it's all these construction guys, uh, my coworkers who are all men, um, and our architect. So the architect is, uh, he's very, he owns his own company. He is, uh, he does a lot of the school construction jobs around here. Um, so he's very wealthy, very successful. Uh, you know, one of those, one of those guys where, you know, with all of that, tends to come arrogance um but you know like white collar you know shirt and tie kind of guy and we are we've been working for like a week or something on this construction site and you know i'm 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 making sure that like i've got somebody there that i know you know or whatever and uh you know my boss knows this that i'm not stupid and i'm you know, going to have like at least a buddy system. I'm not going to go there by myself. So one day he said, okay, I don't, I don't want you going or being in a room alone with Steve, who is the architect. 
like he didn't want me to use him as my I oh here's my familiar guy that I you know I trust and I'm like why and okay and at this point in time too guys I was like I was thin had huge tits was young I was a hottie okay so I I mean now I've gotten angry and old and fat so people won't do this to me but like I had to learn a lesson very early on that people judged me based on my appearance and apparently the architect told my boss he was talking about me and he goes oh man I'd fuck that and I'm like are you kidding me he's like okay don't you know like don't get bent out of shape just make sure you're not around him you know by yourself blah 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 and I was like really like I mean and I couldn't say anything I mean I guess I could have, but I could have made a stink. But like, what do I say? Oh, well, I heard from my boss that this guy said this about me, da, da, da. You know, like I couldn't really do anything about it. Uh, but that was that was my first time. I had another thing at that job uh, where I was actually propositioned by a um, superior. Uh, so between those two things, I got kind of uh, I got a little bit meaner in my demeanor. <laughs> um, but then when I went on to my next job, I was the director. So I was the boss and we were building a new middle school. So this is this is the full circle uh, story arc here. So we're building this new middle school. You know, there's all these bids for who's going to design it. Da, 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 da. And guess who wins it? Steve, the douchey architect. OK, but the thing is that I'm one of the people who is running this project. Um, and so, you know, we go into this meeting and I don't think he knew that I worked there. And so we have this meeting of all of like, okay, here, here are your new bosses that basically the administrators of this school district. And he walks in and just looks at me and is like, oh fuck. Cause he knew, he knew I knew. And I was like, I was just kind of looking at him like, I'm your boss now, motherfucker. And, uh, and so all that's the best story, Rebecca. I'm loving your karma. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, then, and then, so that summer, like I had to run all of the, the networking projects. And again, big construction site. I'm the only woman at this big construction site, but I'm like, I'm the boss. And like all the construction guys were super like nice, helpful. Let me borrow their ladders. Uh, you know, I, I'd bring them candy. They were always like, they would always come to me, like be like, oh, hey, how do you want this to be? Da, da, da. You know, like they were just very respectful. The only person in that entire building that I felt uncomfortable with was Douchey Steve the Architect. But I was like, I knew at that point in time that if Douchey Steve the Architect tried anything, my legion of construction workers that most people probably see at Walmart and they're like, ew, scared of him. They would like, come to my rescue and so it was a really it was a great feeling to be like fuck you Steve the creepy architect you're not going to shut me down and the only reason I thought of this is because of the Brooke Shields movie that we watched <laughs> I I yeah. saying Heather I will get angry like that movie I was yeah. like oh stupid lifetime movie blah 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 watching that movie brought up so many of those feelings back of just having to be louder and smarter and faster than the guys just to even get noticed or to be on and the radar. And why do you have to have a buddy system to make sure something doesn't happen to you? Men right. should just not attack women in the first fucking place. Right. I should, yeah, That's I what shouldn't should have happen. Right. I, should be, <laughs> I should be safe in my workplace. Right. I mean, but we should all be safe in our workplaces. And yes, yep. you can't control people, 
I mean, I get that, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you know, your management can only do so much, but it's still, again, the whole thing of like, why couldn't I have said anything? Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. I just was like, okay, I'll just take it. And, and so I, that's not me today. I totally would be like, I would just be running up to somebody not even like Cal tell you, I'd be like, okay, that, that dickhead over there is like saying shit about me and I want him off the project. Like that would be me now before it was like, Oh my God. But yeah, yeah there you go. There's my, but that comes with like confidence, right? Well, You're it comes with confidence. Yeah. Like I said, when, so when I had the secondary thing of where my, my superintendent propositioned me and invited me to his room during a, uh, a work, um, what do we call it? A retreat. Yeah. Whatever. Um, when that happened, like, cause it was maybe like a year later that that happened. I was like, fuck it. This is never going to happen to me again. I'm never letting this happen to me again. Cause I didn't say anything about that either. Really. I mean, it stayed within like a few people like HR and, you know, and, and him and he apologized and it was all supposed to be okay. Um, but yeah, like just never again. It just, you know, it, a light in me went out. I'm, I'm not as nice as I was, but whatever, you know, like, fuck it yeah I'll, I'll put my guard up and whatever you, but it's sad the only thing i want to add is you're still hot rebecca just so we're clear thank you yeah. heather <laughs> i'm jealous that you slept with kate but you know well you know <laughs> she was really drunk and so was i things happen yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right tracy girl tell us a creepy dude or creepy chick story um well, I have a creepy dude story, of course, because I should just go along with everybody else. Um, and so uh, I don't know if you guys know I'm a deviant and I go to church. So um, there's that. So I have this like aspect of my life that is a little bit obviously separated from the horror stuff. Right. And um, so this new family started coming in and they had two little kids that were the same age as my kids at the time and so this was like gosh like 15 years ago and um and the husband was very nice to everybody talking to everybody his name was Kenny and he would talk you know be polite to everybody make sure he talked to everybody when he came in and um then he he best he friended me on Facebook which I didn't think was whatever you know and then he starts messaging me and it's not so bad that he's messaging me because he, I mean he's trying to like say all these things but he's like this is in text so I don't want it to be in like record but he's saying all these things like uh low-key and it, it wasn't so bad at first but then I I found out that he was actually talking to my kids and telling my kids to tell me to call him and to do all and to like hang out with him and stuff and I was just like dude who crosses the line from you know, flirting or trying to flirt with some random person at church and like getting their kids involved. And they were only like maybe seven or eight years old. They were little, so they didn't know any better. They weren't like, oh, mom, this guy's creepy. They were just like, oh, Kenny, tell me this, whatever. And it was the creepiest thing ever. So um, eventually I told the pastor and the pastor confronted him because she's braver than I. And, uh, and they left. But I always think like, everywhere they go this guy must do this to people you know like that's that the the wife i felt her name is diane i felt so bad because 
you know, she's gonna she's married to this guy, and he's a good looking guy. So it's not like women are gonna be, you know, grossed out by him or anything. But it was just just so weird that he got my kids involved in it. Yeah. It's predatorial that he got your kids involved in it. Actually, that's fucking creepy. Screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like, good for your female pastor, though. I like her. She's got uh, she's got some gusto. Yeah, she. Yeah. She had no problem. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was. Yeah. I was like, I was like, because because I'm like thinking to myself, well, I go to church. I'm gonna see these people every week. It's not like I'm not, you know, I'm never gonna see them again. So I don't want to be like asshole, you know. But then again, I don't want him talking to me either. And then, so, of course, then there's my husband who's, like, what's he, you know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't really know what was going on because I knew he would blow a gasket. So I just kind of kept it to myself. And um, But the kids didn't know. They didn't know any better. So they're telling him whoever, you know, whoever asks or whatever. So, yeah, he was creepy. And I'm glad he's gone. Although I do fear for anyone he's hanging out with now because he's probably doing it to them now, too. It's like, yeah, it's bad to do that in church, too, because it's like, almost like, oh, it's innocent, because, you know, we're just church buddies, and like you said, you have to go to church now every Sunday and worry about having to see that person, and that's probably, he probably has that in his head, like, oh, well, she's kind of stuck with me, because I'll be at church, and and that's a shame he has kids of his own, too, because what a freaking creep. Right? Yeah, and he's got his kids hanging out with my kids, so he has an excuse to be like, yeah, invade. Yeah, know? and then and you don't want to and you you don't want to be that person who's like ew, because no one else knows what's going on. You know? Right. So you don't want to be like oh, I don't want to talk to him because then people says oh why not you know you just kind of keep it to yourself because I don't know it's it's like that stupid thing that women have where they just think well you know it's my fault because I must have done something to make him talk to me or it's my fault so I don't want anyone to think like oh what a hoe you know especially at church that's probably not the route you want to go right Um, right and there's always the fear that people aren't going to believe you they're going to believe the other person right right and and then if and then you look at the text messages or the facebook messages and they're really not that bad i mean you read through them and you're like like it progresses but you couldn't just take like a screenshot of a couple of them and be like oh this is terrible because they were they were like cumulative you know tracy i met some creepy people at church as well I used to go to church when I was 17 with my grandparents all the time and I remember one time in particular this older guy he sat in the pew in front of me and he put his like face into like the thinker position he goes what are you thinking about and I just like gave him a look and my grandma Sandy could feel that he was making me uncomfortable she came over and he immediately walked away so I have picked up on stuff like that in the church community too it's it's it was very interesting yeah it's like the, it's like some people almost come there like to like see if like like to sort pray or something you know yeah. like, like right. minded people that's that what are, i was like, going to say Jesus. does it yeah there's there's a certain thing where you can touch people at church you can hug people at church you can be yeah. close and set very close to them and that and that's it's like a socially acceptable place to be physically near people and it mm-hmm. yeah and I think some people exploit that mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. went to a youth group for a little bit in 10th grade and because my friend wanted me to go with her and I didn't really fit in there I didn't really like going so I didn't go too much but the pastor there he was he was probably in his early 30s late 20s and he would always give hugs and stuff and 
my friend would never hug him. And I always thought like, oh, that's kind of rude. And then like fast forward, like long after I stopped going there, um, he got in trouble because he was helping this like 16 year old girl who was having some, you know, issues at home. She was going to see him just for extra support and they started giving each other oral sex and, Ah, you know, so predatory, Mm. like he took advantage of this 16 year old girl's weak mind, like you guys said, and kind of, and apparently he had done this. No, Carly, you were right. He's a predator. He's a predator. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a predator. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not a different word. That's a predator. Sixteen yeah, years I mean, old. Yeah. And, and, and in, other in a position, like in a position of authority. That's the other thing too. And people don't realize that with teachers, which is another thing that I yeah. encountered in my career. That like people who are in the in power over somebody like that. Um, you know, you can say, oh yeah, the 16 year old was trying to seduce him or whatever. No, I mean, there's the, there's a fear. Like, what if I don't give in to what they do? What they're wanting me to do right because they have this power yeah. over you and they one it's their word against yours and then if they're a teacher they they've got your grades and they've got your you know they can get you in trouble for tiny little things just to you know what i mean like make your life miserable oh did you guys hear this was only like uh, two weeks ago and it was in indiana but i think it made national news that this preacher in Lebanon, Indiana, got up and he said, I, I just have to confess, I, I've had adultery like once in my marriage and and I'm, you know, and I, I just want, you know, forgiveness and all this stuff. He's whatever this 27 year old woman stands up. She goes. It wasn't it wasn't an affair. You took advantage of me when I was 16 years old, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And there were still people in that congregation that went over and supported him and were laying hands on him and praying for him. Yeah, because he wanted forgiveness, so he made uh-huh. himself look like the victim. The victim. Yeah. The victim. Yeah. It makes me want to, that story makes me want to vomit. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man, I'm going to be so mad all day now. This is going to be great. I can't wait to be <laughs> Yeah. Heather's just boiling. She's you know, because Heather, the Heather, the best thing to do when you're angry is have an angry sex. So tonight, oh, man. yourself some angry D. But I'll tell you one thing, Rebecca, it will be consensual and I won't be stalking them. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to tell a different story, but um, this one popped into my head while we were, while I was listening to you ladies. So um, let's see, I started work at this insurance agency, like when I was like 18 years old. And I was one of those girls that like, always felt bad for like telling a guy no right yeah so like I was like deciding whether I wanted to work or like go to college right so I decided to work and then like when I was working I decided I wanted to go to college so um we'll get there in a minute but anyway so I start this job and I'm like a lead processor so like these insurance leads come in and then um you transfer to a sales agent right so can you guys hear me okay? I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you have to transfer it to uh, a sales agent. So um, there was one sales agent there that was like, he's a whole other story for a whole other time, but he was really cute. Um, but this other guy, so like, I, I didn't know who he was or anything. And um, so you have to like, hey, and give them like who's on the line and the facts or whatever, like, because you've qualified them as a lead. So um, you transfer it over and this fucking dude, his name was Robert Casey, but he went by the name of Casey. And he's probably 
like late 20s at this point and I'm like 18. So um, I hadn't met him in person yet, but like um, this was, Nikki used to work at this building too. It was the ADP building. Yep. Yeah. So like in like, it, it was just a weird like little setup, like um, because like you get let out at like different times and um, this dude like came to find out who I was just by the sound of my voice. Like, obviously, like, he knew I was, like, a young girl, like, well, a young teenager. I guess. Well, I mean, 18 years adult, but still a teenager, right? So, <clears throat> which I thought was, like, really creepy. But I had a problem with, like, just flat out saying no to people. So, this guy, um, he was like, yeah, you want to go grab some lunch? And I was just like, um, uh, maybe another day, you know? And he's like, well, here. And, like, he, like, grabbed my phone out of my hands. I had, like, a pink razor. And um, he grabbed my phone out of my hands and um, he put his number in or he called. <coughs> he called his phone from my phone because, like, I don't think there was like locks on the razors at that time. You know, there's just flip phone. You open and boom. And um, so he called his phone from my number. Like, he like literally took it out of my hands to call himself so he'd have my number. And I was like, OK, so. He kept messaging me like every day, every fucking day. And um, obviously the story spans over several years, by the way. And he um, he just like kept it up. And it was like I like felt bad. He was like, so when are we going to go to lunch? I was like, well, I have lunches. I have lunch with Aaron, you know, and then I got a um, I was going to college like in between classes or like in between working. Um, they decided to work around that. And I so. Um, I was doing like uh, night classes as well so like um, I would have to like come in and work later and um, he like followed me out to my car it was really fucking creepy he was like yeah you want to go get something I was like no I gotta get up early blah 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 like I just kept blowing him off but like I was like like the the problem is I should have just flat out said no instead of like hey we'll do it sometime you know Um, I ended up leaving the company and um, I ended up leaving the company and going to school, and then uh, that didn't work out. But yeah, so flash forward, flash the, I can't talk, sorry guys. Um, so flash forward to, um, God, that was like 2008. So let's go to like 2009. So like a year later, I get a friend request, right, on Facebook, and it's that fucking guy. And I don't know what, like, I probably, like, just accepted a bunch of people when I was drunk one night or something, because I was 21 at this point. <clears throat> and so, um, um, this guy's a creep. Um, but so, like, you know how, like, you post something on Facebook, and that apparently gives the end to whoever's messaging you mm-hmm. to try to, like, relate to you? Um, like, I think I, like, posted, like, that I, like, played darts or something at a bar. And I was like, yeah, we played darts, and I won. And he's like, you should let me. He's like, I got a dartboard at my house. You should come over, have some drinks with me, um, and play some darts. I, and I was just like, um, yeah, that'd be fun sometime. You wow, know, like, king of segues there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, like, he would, like, I like I just kept blowing him off for, like, years. Like, this went on for probably, like, two or three more years. 
and um so it's probably like 2011 or 2012 and like I'm with my ex at the time you know and like clearly like I'm posting like I'm engaged and shit and like like I never like I don't feel like I led this guy on or whatever I just like didn't want to like him to freak out if I just flat out said no because I've seen the stalking of Laura I can make you love me you know so um, um I I don't know so I just like I'd never flat out said no. I was like, yeah, sometime that sounds cool. Like, whatever. Like, just being cordial. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. And um, so I posted, like, I was watching, like, um, uh, Cruel Intentions. <laughs> and he was like, um, no, wait, hang on. I No, hang on. Um, what was it? Um, like, I, I'd been to, like, the bar several times. He's like, yes. Like, and he was like, you can tell he's, like, getting, like, progressively, like, more, like, I want to hang out. You know, like, I'd post pictures, like, out at the bars with my friends and stuff. And he's like, so when are we going to hang out? I was like, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's, like, the best idea. You know, like, I'm going to be getting married here soon. So, like, I don't think, you know, my fiancé would really like that. What do you mean you have a fiancé? And I was like, oh, um, what if I profile picture with me? <coughs> Sorry, guys. And um, he um, decided to then go um, onto my page. And he, like, was, like, looking at, like, everything, like, I had posted. So, like, um, I had posted that, like, I was watching Cruel Intentions. And, like, that set him off. And um, later on that night, um, I was hanging out with a friend. Uh, her name was Chelsea. And uh, we were quoting um, Step Brothers. And we're like, boats and hoes. Like, we were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, we posted a selfie together. And the caption said, boats and hoes. So <laughs> this guy got, like, super pissed off <clears throat> because I watched Cruel Attentions. And I posted a picture saying, boats and hoes. Like, somehow he thought this was, like, directed towards him. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so he messaged me, and he was like, he's like, oh, yeah. He was like, he's like, yeah. Um, like, God, I wish, like, I, I still have this message somewhere. Um, so once I find it again, I'll have to, like, read the actual message, but the gist of it. Um, like, he's just started yelling at me, and he was like, yeah, he's like, you're watching Cruel Intentions. You just like to lead people on, huh? Is that your cruel <laughs> intent? <laughs> oh, and, I'm sorry. I didn't run that movie by you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that your cruel, cruel intent? <laughs> and so I was like, um, like, he, like, pissed me off. Like, because I'd been nothing but nice to this guy. You know, like, I mean, yes, I would like, blown him off. But I was like, um... I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I didn't mean to leave. Like, I was still trying to be nice at this point. I was like, um, I just really like that movie. It had nothing to do with you. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. He's like, you know what? You're a fucking bitch. And I was like, all right. You know what? There, I've had enough. Like, this guy's been harassing me for years. Like, clearly he didn't get the fucking picture. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not attracted to you at all. I think you have a really ugly face. <laughs> you know and, and the thing is that then you know what he said bitch i bet she's a lesbian whore right or, um is that what she goes uh he sent a whole yeah yeah, yeah exactly um he, oh, sent right. a whole, he sent a whole paragraph 
uh, remember I posted that selfie. Hang on. And so he goes and um, <laughs> he's like, what, bitch? You wanted this face, bitch. Why does it sound like Freddy Krueger? He kind of looked like Freddy Krueger. Was he Freddy Krueger? He had like Freddy crater Kruger? faces. <laughs> bitch, I think you told me about what? I can't hear you, Nick. Was that where he asked you, Lacey, was this the same guy that asked you, um, so what are you attracted to in a guy? And you were like, I like guys who brush their teeth. Was this the same guy? No, no, no. Oh, no. no, that was another, that was another creep. That was another creep. <laughs> I had a lot of them. But, um, anyway, so he's like, what? You wanted this face, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, if I wanted that face, don't you think I would have fucking hung out with you by now? Like, he's, like, really pissing me off, so. And, like, I'm, I've am i been drinking at this point, so, like, I just don't care anymore. And fucking, he sends a whole paragraph back. And he's like, you know what? You're nothing but a dime a dozen bar five. Oh and my god, of course it, it has to go to the insults. I, yeah. I was so obsessed with you and you were the queen of my world, but now uh now that I said you had an ugly face. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um yeah, and he's like, like clearly like this dude's like really butthurt. And he's like, You're a dime a dozen barfly. And um, you know, your youth and beauty will only get you so far. Keep drinking all those drinks. Smoking all those <laughs> cigarettes, and uh, he's like, "I will." Your youth and your beauty will fade you. You nothing but a boats and hose, bitch. <laughs> oh my! Were you like, calm down, Freddy Krueger? New nightmares will come back. Soon. Don't worry, you'll get your stand. I'm picturing no, Freddy Krueger this whole time. Your does add effect here. <laughs> no, I just love that. Like he's like taking things from my profile to try to use against me. Like, is that your cruel intent? <laughs> Boats and hose, bitch. I was like, I was like, all right, I think it's time to block this psycho. So like, I blocked him. <clears throat> he created several fake profiles over the years, and um, he, yeah, he, um, our dog Dallas had like passed away, and like my this post was like public. He comes in and he comments, and he was like, "That's called karma, bitch. Glad your dog died." <laughs> Like, yeah like he's still wow. at it like yeah so like he's created several profiles over the years and shit it's like but i think that was like the like he'll try to like friend request me like under a different profile like it'll be like casey robert or robert casey or casey rob like yeah he's a fucking weirdo but yeah that's my uh creepy dude story for today i have plenty more though <laughs> yeah Lacey. i mean i do the same thing where that's that's always my issue i'm always like oh yeah we can hang out next week i'm with my friends right now so i can't the next week right. comes and i'm like oh sorry i i'm sick this week and then like i just keep making up excuses but i never tell them flat out no because i just tell them they got another piece carly just tell them yeah, no I, carly, just say no and say you don't need to give them a reason just say no thank you yeah and walk away that's how I've been now in my life. Yeah. I've, I've definitely learned yeah. <laughs> from my mistakes here. Yeah, that's my boats and hose bitch story. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. I liked it. 
Well, I think the Freddy Krueger came up because of, like, I don't have a voice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, bitch that many times sounded like he yeah. wanted to be Freddy Krueger. He, he really like, did honestly. bitch that many times. That's true. <laughs> bitch. Yeah, bitch. And you're profile bitch. And you're drinking bitch. And you're like, you bitch. Like, honestly. Like, so, it off. so the correlation here with a lot of us is you notice that we were all younger and like now it's like we've had some of those experiences and now we don't, won't take these people's shit. Right. Is that right. why guy is that is that like a a creepy guy like Mantra? thing? Well, is it a creepy guy thing to go after younger girls because they haven't been like hardened yet like us? Maybe. Or there might I, be a lack of not not knowing how to set healthier boundaries maybe at that age. Um yeah. Well, and there's a societal issue that we teach men that this is okay. That's like, yes. You know what I mean? And and it's right. not that you can't hit on a woman. It's not that you can't approach a woman and say, hey, you know, would you like to get a drink sometime? There's like, that's what people don't seem to get. But if a woman says, no, I'm not interested, then you take the no, I'm not interested and you walk away. Right. And you go, right. okay, you're not interested, right? Like, it's not right. a personal attack to you. But I think between women, we shouldn't have to harden. Men and women right. should just respect each other. Like, <laughs> in heterosexual relationships, obviously, there's other types of relationships, right? So I think personally, it's a bigger issue. Um, but you're right, Rebecca, we have become quote unquote hardened, because we've, we've had to, and we shouldn't. And not all men are like this, of course, it's, it's we're talking about specific people, but um, yeah. Great, why do we have to change? And you know what, I'm going to quote Brooke Shields. In that movie that we are going to talk about, when they tell her to stop going to aerobics class because that guy is in aerobics class and the, the lady says, well, you know, like the clothes. And she looks at her and goes, I am not the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly oh, it. We aren't the problem in no, these we're situations. Not. I'm not saying we can't be bitches and we can't lead people on and whatever, blah, blah, blah. In these situations, we were not the problem. The other person was. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, a, it's a belief that men own women. There's a there's a belief of that, and it goes back in history. And I'm not going to go down the diatribe right now, but um, you know, it needs to change, right? And right. it's not that every man thinks that. It's not that every man is like that. I don't want to get angry hate mail. Even if I do, I don't fucking care. But um, <laughs> I don't like. There's a problem in society. And it is what it is. But you're right. And that scene, I wanted to put my fucking fist through the laptop that I was watching. I was mm-hmm. so frustrated with that movie. Um, but it was a good. We'll get to it. It's a good reflection yeah. of what we talked about. You're right. Yeah, I can't believe I was so moved by a Lifetime Brooke Shields movie from 1993. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's based on a true story, too, right? Which, yep. we've yeah, which is even common. worse. Well, it's more common, right? As we've all uh-huh. learned today. Yeah. All um, right. <laughs> all right. So we have our Girl Talk game. This shouldn't take too long. Um, I had to pick some stuff up from my parents' house, um, like from my youth. My youth, bitch. Um, <laughs> and um, I found this fucking, like, I didn't have a game. And all of a sudden, like, this thing just, like, came out um, of this tote that I had. Like, it fell out of this tote. Like, out of the sky. I'm not sure how that happened. But, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. And it's, like, one of those teen bop magazines. Oh, and, Yeah. Um, but it's like a quiz fest, like so it has like just a bunch of different quizzes in it. Oh God. So this is from September, October two thousand five. Oh man. 
that we're going back a little bit. Like, I didn't have, like, I mean, that was, like, when I was still in high school, so. And that was when I was getting hit on by my boss. Okay, great. (laughs) Hey, me too. Yay. When Kenny was around. So, I chose, uh, what's your guy style? (laughs) Oh. Uh And it has four celebrity guys. Oh. And um, it's it's like it's played this board game to discover which dude is right for you. Okay. So, all right. So, um, if you have the same answer to the first question, let me know. All right. So, everybody, you get butterflies in your tummy when a guy A cracks you up, B teaches you something new, or C keeps you guessing. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> So mansplaining is one of the options. Yes. <laughs> so Tracy, Lacey, Lacey we're all answering this and you're tallying it, right, for each of us? Uh, well, it, it says move ahead to, like, a certain place. Ah. So that's why I said if somebody has the same answer, somebody else let me know. Well, okay, I personally am going to go with A. Okay. Anybody else pick A? Cracks you up? Yeah, I'd pick I, A, yeah. i pick A as well. Yeah, me too. I don't want anyone teaching me anything. Tracy? A. You guys aren't any fun. All right. Well, hey, whatever. We're old and hardened, Lacey. I know. One, (laughs) two, three, four. All right. After a big fight with your rents, it says rents. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) You want a boyfriend to A, listen first, then offer advice on how to deal. B, Take your mind off it by doing hilarious dead-on imitation of your mom. T, feed you Ben and Jerry's fish food and offer up loads of hugs. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what about, what about fish? What? It says, feed you Ben and Jerry's fish food. I think that, that was a kind Ice of. Ice cream. Yeah. At that uh, time. Okay. Uh, what was the first one again? <laughs> Uh, A is listen first, then offer advice on how to deal. B, take your mind off it by doing a hilarious dead-on imitation of your mom. C, feed you Ben and Jerry's fish food and offer up loads of hugs. Okay, I guess so instead of parents, if we think this is like boss or something, like a work thing, then maybe we can... <laughs> but what kind of blow up was it? I'm sorry, I can't ever do these because I'm so not black and white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after like you're dealing with something stressful, Rebecca. Okay, so d- dealing with something stressful at work. Uh, I'm gonna go with B because I don't usually want advice. I usually take care of stuff on my own, so I just want to get my my mind off it. So you want him to do a hilarious dead on imitation of your mom? Well, you're my boss, I oh, guess. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I would go with, I think I would actually go with A, because I like when people actually listen to what I have to say when I'm venting, and then, you know, just shut your mouth, and then afterwards, maybe offer advice, as long as it's meaningful advice. All right, Nikki? I would also have to go with B, because... I I like a partner who makes light of the situation and and shows that they understand also like where I'm coming from and not like 
I don't like the I don't like to be given advice in that sense as well. So making me laugh really helps. All right, uh, Tracy. Um, I think I'd go with B two because I'm not really like a huggy, touchy, feely person. So uh, like emotions and like, ugh. so it's just better to laugh about it and like kind of vent some of it and then let and go on rather than sit there and. I don't know. It just seems so messy with all the tears and crap. Right. Yeah, I think A, for that age, now, I would want to have sex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Sex and ice cream? Yeah. No, no, I just, I just want to orgasm. That's another um, option that you're adding. Yeah. But Again, help, angry sex a lot is the yeah, like it would help, you know, get rid of stress. So, but yeah, otherwise we should talk about it, I guess, and they can give me their feedback. All right. All right. So Heather and Carly. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Uh, you got you both are at your. Nope. Uh, at school. Your crush would be voted A, biggest flirt, B, oh, wait, I did this wrong, hang on. Oops. She's going to lead us astray. <laughs> no, I counted wrong. Okay, um, you like guys whose friends come to him for A, girl advice, B, gut-busting one-liners, or C, a pickup game of basketball? <coughs> what was B? B? Did you both say B? What was B? She asked what it was. Oh, gut-busting one-liners. Um, A, I guess. Yeah, A. Okay. And Carly? Um, I, I don't go with B. I don't really like any of those options too much. <laughs> It's kind of like, kind like of. Why weird. do you care if he plays basketball with his friends? Like I don't care what the yeah. boys are coming to the guy for, really. But all right, all right, Carly, you got lovable goofball Ashton Kutcher. Oh, oh, okay. You've got a soft spot for goofy dudes. Like I'll read it at the end. Never mind. Right, <laughs> in case somebody else gets it. All right, and then you said be your one, two, three. At school, your crush would be voted A, biggest flirt, B, best personality, or C, uh, most mysterious. <clears throat> Rebecca? Oh, for me? Oh, I thought this was for Heather. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Heather. Sorry, yeah. I had that wrong. Sorry, Heather. Sorry, what were the choices? Um, at school, your question would be voted A, biggest flirt, B, best personality, or C, most mysterious. Probably oh. best personality. Yeah. 
All right, you got Usher. Oh, yeah, my way. My <laughs> way. <laughs> what I say goes. Yeah. All right, everybody else still in the game to find your dream man or what's your guy's style. Uh, at the school dance, your gal pals can usually find you and your date. A, requesting yet another slow song. B, deep in conversation away from the crowd. Or C, having a major laugh attack as you both bust out moves you saw and so you think you could dance. Is spiking the punch an option? No. <laughs> uh... Making fun of everybody else, is that an option? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't be requesting slow songs. They would be more fast-paced ones. I see you doing having a major laugh attack as you do moves from So You Think You Could Dance, Nikki. <coughs> yeah, I'm definitely C. Okay. I, I'm going with C. I'm going, like, just being jackasses by yourselves, C. Yeah. Everybody's going C. I agree. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Ladies, you dump a guy in a second if he, A, couldn't handle your playful teasing, B, never brought you flowers, or C, ditched plans with you to play cards with the boys. <clears throat> I'm going C. Reliability is huge for me. Okay. What was A again? Couldn't handle your playful teasing. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to go with a, I wouldn't like a guy who couldn't, <laughs> like, understand when I was just being playful, who would take offense to every joke that I said that would bother me. Tracy? Um, I'm going to say A, too, because, I like, a, a big part of a relationship for me is um, laughing. If this guy's so serious, he can't even take me picking on him a little bit, then goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> All right. Nikki and Tracy, you both got Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Right Lacey, on. what was your answer to that one? What would my answer be? Mm-hmm. I could give I a fuck about were. flowers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be pretty pissed if I got ditched. All right, so we're in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. All right, so when it comes to his friends, you like guys who are A, popular with everyone at school, B, have a few close pals, C, are always the center of attention. Why do I give a crap? Right. You know, uh, I mean, I guess B, I like him to have some close friends, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> we got Ben McKenzie, which is the dude from the OC. Oh, okay. I can dig that. Who's who's the fourth guy? We got Ashton, Ben, Jake, and Usher. Oh, okay, so we did get four, okay. All right, so Carly, you got lovable goofball Ashton. You've got a soft spot for goofy dudes like Ashton. The more he makes you smile, the more into him you get. 
a guy who makes you laugh so hard that your face hurts. It's just the kind of person you need to make a serious love connection. Crushing on the class clown in a sure way is a sure way to keep your life interesting. Besides, when a goofball takes a suddenly serious turn to fess up how much he likes you, you'll know he's full real. All right, Rebecca, we got mystery man Ben McKenzie. He also played Gordon on um, Chief Gordon on uh, Gotham. Getting inside that broading mind of a guy like Ben is the kind of thrill you're seeking. Making a guy who keeps himself keeps to himself open up is no easy feat. But you're up for the challenge. You'd rather work to get to know him inside and out before plunging into anything too quickly. Guys who wear their hearts on their sleeves just don't do it for you. You thrive on the unknown and unpredictable. I don't feel like that matches the answers that we gave. No, it doesn't. (laughs) 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 All right. Um... Tracy and Nikki, you guys got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mr. Perfect. Guys like Jake have it going on. Super smart, ultra-athletic, totally cute. You can't ask for much more. You love the way an all-American guy puts a positive spin on everything he does and is all about action. Rather than letting you dwell on issues you're having with your friends or family, he's not afraid to offer up his opinion on how to solve your problems. And he's a great friend to everyone who makes him a super, which makes him a super boyfriend. Yeah, I would agree with that for the most part, but he doesn't have to be perfect. (laughs) All right, Heather. (laughs) You got ladies, man. Usher. Yeah, Usher, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A ladies, man to the core. A guy like Usher is a completely flirtastic, roses, chocolates, you name it, and he's done it for you. You can't get enough of a guy who puts you on a pedestal and showers you with romance, never one to shy away from a little PDA. It's a ladies' man, works hard to sweep you off your feet. He knows exactly how to make you feel like the luckiest and only girl in the room. I don't feel like like Heather's answers were that that led to that, but okay. Well, I mean, like, she did say sex, so. Yeah. That wasn't, so I'm okay with that. Should include has amazing D. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. She's going for the BBC, you know. Uh, I have a feeling I was. Together, so that'd be fun. I I have a feeling that I will be busting this out again at some point. Mm. (laughs) Because there's a lot of fun ones in here, but I don't know. All right, guys, that concludes our first segment of Girl Talk. And when we come back, we will be doing Palo Fight. I mean, I, I, I tried so hard to get it there. Like, it doesn't even fucking sound the same. I'm so mad. All right. When we come back, we'll be doing fucking Palo Fight. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Who's watching 
the way that I want to say it today. It's time for Bellow Vines. It it's sounds like it should be Bellow Fight, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Bellow Fighting, bitch. No. <laughs> Boots and hose, bitch. Anyways, uh, yeah, so um, welcome back, everybody, to Bellow Fight. Um, this time, um, I'm pretty excited for this one as well, as always. I always am, like, I just love our topics. I think they're fun as fuck. Um, this time we have a range of stalker films ranging from Kathy Bates being fucking crazy as shit to fucking porno puzzles to <laughs> fucking stalking Lauren Hutton's gap teeth 
to fucking um, <laughs> Brooke Shields. Like I, I can't even, like you know I'm just gonna say that we have dueling truck, dueling a truck in a car. Um, we we have stocking cars. <laughs> we have the stocking of Ralphie from a Christmas story. <laughs> we are, we have a wide range. Yes. Like this, like I had no idea. Like like going, I hadn't seen the majority of these. So I'm like really excited to, I think I'd only seen two of them, um, which was Misery and um, <clears throat> the movie I picked, uh, You Can't, I Can Make You Love Me, but the way that I knew it was The Stalking of Laura Block. They've changed the name a bunch apparently, but yeah. Um, I'm like really excited to hear why. I did not realize how much of a range stalker had, um, <laughs> you know, um, so I'm excited to um, hear why everybody chose who would like to go first and please tell us why you chose your movie and why or why not it should be the best stalker film you know what, we'll start with Rebecca okay okay <laughs> she laughed so the movie that I picked was Death Valley. Um, it's from 1982. It is a movie that I've only seen once. I do. I remembered that it was like a stalker movie. I remembered it was all right. Um, it didn't get a DVD release until like 2012. So I only saw this like once, like five years ago. But it has a very a great horror like cast. I mean, we've got Catherine Hicks, the mom from Child's Play. We've got, yes, we've got Ralphie from A Christmas Story, who is actually great in this. Uh, you've got Edward Herman, very briefly, who is Max from uh, The Lost Boys. You've got Paul Lamatt, who is just as annoying in this as he is in Puppet Master. Um, <laughs> but it is a, a woman and her husband are getting divorced. They live in New York. They have a little kid who is Ralphie. We'll just call him Ralphie. And uh, she and Ralphie go back to Phoenix, where she is from, to hook up. Basically, she wants to hook up with her old flame from high school. It's really odd. But he is trying to woo the kids. So it takes them to this, uh, like, on this vacation to, like, a frontier town in Death Valley and, you know, and all this jazz. Um, it's... Uh, at first, it's really uncomfortable because, well, Billy is the kid's name. Billy is like, I kind of love this kid. And Tracy, I'm wondering if you picked up on the same thing that I picked up on. So yeah. there's a there's a point where, uh, so they're just out in the middle of the desert and there's this RV. And and Ralphie, go, Ralphie Billy goes out to this RV and he just like walks in. Okay, the people who are in it are dead, but he doesn't know that. And uh, <laughs> he ends up like stealing this medallion that is in there the and frog then, medallion yeah then later the this they're driving by they see this rv like burned out being pulled up and he's like hey i might like have something from that rv and this might be important so they go to the sheriff who is wilford brimley <laughs> and uh yes. so he he says here i've got this medallion blah 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 and all this stuff and and uh, Wilford Brindley said, how about you and me have a talk? And Billy said, it's you and I, Sheriff. And I thought it Tracy. <laughs> 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 but he's kind of a smart ass. He's kind of a know-it-all, a dork. Um, but 
come to find out, and there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of just giving information about people in this movie, uh, you know. So come to find out there is a guy in town who is also a waiter who has a necklace just like this. And, uh, you know, basically Wilford Brimley tells him, you know, exactly where this kid is. And so, no, I guess, I, I guess the thing is that, like, he's stalking this family because they know something, but they don't really know anything. That's kind of the problem here. But he's got this cool-ass car and, and drives around. Um, I, I actually liked it better this time around. Um, oh, Stephen McCaddy, too, is uh, the, the bad guy. Hal, Stu, whatever. Um, from Pontypool. So yeah, you got a lot of a lot of cool people. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's different because uh, it's really they're stalking a little kid. And not even just a little kid, a little kid we all kind of adore, you know, because that is exactly what you're, you're like, hey, leave Ralphie alone. Okay, you know, <laughs> he has enough shit. Yeah, yeah, he's already got to deal with Christmas next year. So just leave mm -hmm. him alone. Um, so yeah, there's that. And, um, and the kid's pretty smart, so it, you don't ever feel like he's just an idiot. Like, he kind of takes care of things on his own, so I like that. Um, and I like, I like the third act, which and we can talk about that, too. But, uh, although there's one really stupid thing in there. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's creepy, and I think it's good, and I think, uh, I don't know, I just dug it. Yeah, Rebecca, I have to say, this is probably my favorite pick that you've done. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, like, I was most interested to watch this one, so I saved it for last, actually. Um, usually I save, like, the ones that, like, I don't want to watch for last. <laughs> but, um, so, I, I was pretty excited to watch this just because of the cast. Um, I was very disappointed that, you know, Edward Herman was not in this for as yeah. long like, yeah, he, like, he's in it for like two minutes or something. He's like, I don't want you to go either. Like, okay. And then he just goes. Like, it was, it was pretty, it was fucking pretty pointless. But yeah, like, I mean, because it doesn't even like talk about it after. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I had fun with this. I thought it was like, I thought he was cute. Like when, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just gonna keep my shit short today. <laughs> um, when he was in the little antique place and the. Like, you can't see, like, who is chasing him or who is stalking him, I guess. And he's like, okay, I'll play with you. Like, that sounded so fucking creepy. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. A demon just keeps coming out of you. I don't know. I don't know. Um, hello, buddy. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, when they're in that antique place and, like, then he's, like, hiding from him. Like, he outsmarts him, like, every scene, you know? Um, like, I thought the most intense scene was when the sheriff went to the fucking <coughs> house. Or the, the guy that has the medallion after he find, gets the necklace from the kid. And he's like, yeah, but I see you got yours on. <coughs> so, I mean, like, how obvious are those? Like, why are they wearing those fucking necklaces anyways? Are they, like, from Claire's BFF necklaces? <laughs> like, yeah, they're pretty ugly. Like, like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why? Like, why these, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, but apparently they were made of gold. Um, 
like whoever makes gold frogs. All right. Um, so when he's opening, when the sheriff is gonna like, he notices that the doorknob is like broken off or whatever. It's just like a shitty and the shitty door. And like, it was a pretty tense moment. So like, I was like really in it at this point. And I like, I wanted to know what was behind the door. I was like, what the fuck's behind the door? <laughs> like I was like really fucking excited for it. And he opens the door and it's just like these two little fucking twin beds. I was like, what the fuck? Why are there twin beds? Like, I get, like, you know, I guess that's, like, setting it up for later for the big reveal. But I was like, why the fuck is there twin beds? Like, this is the grown-ass. He's like, that's the bedroom. Do you like it? <laughs> and um, he's like, yeah, it looks real nice. Yeah, it's like, ugly as sin, by the way. Right. <laughs> like, like, this is a grown-ass man. Why are you sleeping in a twin bed? And why do you have a frog necklace? Like, clearly, these dudes, like, never fucking grew up. But no, I had a lot of fun with it. I'll let somebody else do the reveal. But yeah, that was, I, I enjoyed it, Rebecca. Yeah, I really had a lot of fun with this too, Rebecca. This was so much fun. I what what I took away from the film is in the beginning of the film, it's it's showing this distorted relationship between this young boy and this man who could potentially become his stepfather and the dynamic that was brought through with both of them, it, it took me back a little bit because I, my, my mom married another man after my father, after a few years of not being with him. And I remember kind of giving him the same crap, you know, the whole, you're not my dad. And just to see that, as one of the the elements of this story, I thought it was very interesting because it, it was like a progression of showing how people who aren't our biological father, how they can still be there to protect us, how they can still love us, how they can still be there for us. And I just thought that this was a very cool story to put within a stalker story. And for me personally, what I took away from the stalker element was the like what you were just saying, Lacey, these these kids or the like when you get to the big reveal at the end and you're seeing like earlier in the story, the two twin beds. I think they it was chosen to follow young Peter Billingsley because of his childlike essence. I think in their the warped minds of them, they had like they're bringing up their childhood wanting to play it was almost like a sinister game that was being played and I loved the the plot twist at the end and if you actually pay attention to the kill scenes throughout the film you you kind of get an idea that um who who the stalker is who the killer is um and when that is finally revealed, I liked how they did it in such a way where it's like, oh, here's a plot twist. You you think it's over, but then, oh, no, let's keep it going. And that that's what, like, makes horror effective when you can implement plot twists like that within plot twists. And it makes it even that more memorable. And the scene where Ralphie, oh, I don't, I don't, his name was not Ralphie in this movie. <laughs> it was Billy, but we'll just Billy. call him Ralphie. <laughs> Billy. welcome yeah when he's in that store playing guns with the the stalker 
um, it is very sinister because Billy thinks he's playing with him and he actually has a loaded gun and he shoots it and you see that it hits um, like I think it was like a, a statue within the store and I was just like whoa because it just shows you that young Billy he thought he was being played with but this other guy was taking it to a whole different extreme and to see like the two different perspectives where the audience is watching that play out. I thought it was really well done. Um, this was, this was a lot of fun, Rebecca. Good pick. What'd you think, Tracy? Um, I think what stood out most to me, um, was the location, like the death Valley hills have eyes kind of desert. There's nowhere to hide. There's no, like you can't run away cause there's no water. You know what I mean? Like the, it's like a trap. It traps you in, even though it's this giant open space. As far as um, you know, area, you're not trapped in a building or anything. But um, it, it just seemed like it would. It, it like it heightened the fear. I think. Yeah, the, everything is so far away. Yeah. Like everything's far away and everything's so open. Like even if you wanted to run, you would just be out in the open and anybody could see you. Right. And and if they have a gun, they can shoot you. There's no it's you know, you you can't hide behind that little sage bush or whatever. You're Yeah. Rude. Yeah, well the sheriff did say this road only leads one way. One yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did like, I, I like the little, like, I, I want to go visit like a town like that. It reminds me of like when I go to Adventureland and they have like these little shops. Like, um, it just gives you like that old, like small town feel. Like, I want to go to a small town that has like shops that are still open like this. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I would probably punch somebody who tried to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure how much that would go over now, but I haven't been like out west for a really long time. Maybe they do still have these little frontier towns where they do those. I've I've never really seen it to where they've had people like on the street doing that stuff. It's usually like a show. Like they like at two o'clock we're gonna have a shootout or whatever. I don't I don't think I've ever seen like ones where they just go and randomly shoot you like yeah. <laughs> as you're walking down the street. Yeah, it's not randomized like that. It's, yeah. yeah, set up. Was it just me, or does it seem like Catherine Hicks would not be with this dude? No. Like, time. Like, I was, it, it, child's play. What are you doing here? Like, I, I had a hard time, like, removing her from the child's play film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. No, literally. I. Oh. That's why I was like... What's this chick doing here? <laughs> She's in another movie? <laughs> so what's your take on the movie, Heather? Uh, similar to you guys. Honestly, though, I, I liked how you described, Lacey, like, the twin beds and the frog pang, like, the frog necklace or whatever it is. I, I feel like this was just another fucking weird-ass, you know, like, slashers did that weird-ass shit, right? They'd be like, oh, let's, <laughs> let's throw in some random fucking shit in this movie and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> it's okay, because it's the fucking 80s and that's what we do in slashers. And... This was right up there. I didn't. I, okay, so the opening scene, I'm like, oh yeah, man, the dad's involved. The dad's gonna fly there, and he's gonna yeah. fucking stalk them. And then I'm like, okay, okay, it's not the dad. The dad paid the stalker to kill the mother, <laughs> and the, and then no, it wasn't. It wasn't that either. So I really didn't get why the dad was involved in the first and, fucking. And the thing <laughs> is, too, they, they supposedly live in New York. So then why are they doing every touristy thing in New York? 
Like it looks like he's taking a trip there because they're going yeah. to different museums and every like tourist <laughs> yeah. spot in New York. So true. They're going like, to the park. And they're like, <laughs> York. like yes, Bidewee Park. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I agree with Rebecca about the shooting out thing. I don't know that shit happens. Like, I assume these little theme parks exist. I think they look cute. The gun scene, everyone's point brought that up was probably the highlight for me. The ending, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what's <laughs> it's a fucking chase scene? But it was fine. Honestly, it was entertaining enough. Um, it was different enough. So I really glad Rebecca brought it brought it to the table because it was different than other slashers. I will give it that. It it had a much more unique take to it. Um yeah, but it was it was not what I thought it was going to be. I really think the dad should have been involved. That would have made it a lot more. I, I agree. I, I think it, it was just like, hey, um, Edward, uh, you know, he's he's my buddy, the director's buddy. He's like, hey, I got this movie I'm going to do. Um, you know, we're going to be in New York for like one day. Do you want to just like, you know, do some? I'll write something for you. And yeah. we'll just we'll just film it. And then, you know, like it just it doesn't it doesn't match. Like it could have just been one line of like. Well, I want to go back with dad in New York. Like, we well, didn't need to see it. <laughs> well, to be fair, Rebecca, Ralphie looks more like Edward Herman, like, with the glasses. So, like, I don't know. if Maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to be a red herring or it was just, like, padding or what. <laughs> like, who are we supposed to be rooting for here? Like, the little kid, right? Obviously, like, I don't know. Like, because I couldn't give a fuck less about his mom and her boyfriend oh and the boyfriend he was so whiny like every time <laughs> that billy like he you know trying to give him this gun and billy like basically schools him that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about with this gun <laughs> he's just like you're welcome i mean he acts like a little kid the whole time like that he's not like he's not getting popular with the kid and i hate that guy anyway i always hated him in puppet master so i, I you know i always have i've just got that mm. Got that? Like, just I want to smack him. He's got a smackable face. Yeah, he's a Wasn't he an American graffiti too? Mm-hmm. You're right, Rebecca. He's always like, "Well, your dad's a professor, and I'm not." And, you know, well, I'm like... smart too. <laughs> I like the best. <laughs> <coughs> All right, Carly. What did you think of Death Valley? Uh, interestingly enough, I saw this one at the drive-in last summer at Mahoning Drive-In. Um, and it was, I think it was the last movie they played. And so I was kind of falling asleep at that point, but it was a, a very interesting film to me. So it was nice to get to rewatch it for the show. Um, and I really enjoy it. Um, I agree. I like the setting. I always loved that sort of desert out west middle of nowhere setting which uh, you also kind of get that in dual um well you definitely get that in dual um but uh so that was a big thing for me it just made the movie have this unique feel to it that was different than a lot of the other movies coming out at this time uh little peter billingsley i think is one of the cutest kid actors ever um and he's just such a smart ass to that dude and it's hilarious like a few times I'm like laughing out loud at it uh my favorite scene in particular was um him with that babysitter who kept eating all of his <laughs> snacks and he's just looking like 
that kid, like he was a good actor. He didn't really do much as a kid besides this in a Christmas story, I don't think. Um, then he kind of fell off, and now he does more behind the scene work, I think. But he was an elf. Oh yeah, I forget. Yeah, he was an elf. That is true. I think he's a pretty accomplished director. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he does like more stuff like that. I feel Peter like. Billingsley is his name, right? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I think it was a good pick. And yeah, you're definitely rooting for the kid because all the other characters kind (laughs) of, you really don't give a shit about them. Um, And I also like the shootouts, you know, when he's playing the gun battle with that guy and he actually shoots a real gun. It's kind of like, whoa, like, you know, there's potential to actually kill a kid in this movie, which is uh, not something you really see all the time. So uh, yeah, it was it was fun to get to rewatch this one, and uh, I don't own this. I would like to pick it up eventually. Um, I think it has a release on something somewhere, but uh, it was a good it was a good unique pick, Rebecca. And yeah. I, I misspoke. He's not an accomplished director. He's an accomplished producer. He's produced like a lot of major movies. And okay, I thought I thought that yeah he did TV. Um, yeah F is for Family that Netflix yeah so. Right on. Well, that is Death Valley, uh, stalker film number one. All right, number two, let's go, not Amber Heard, uh, Heather Powell. Tell us your movie. Sorry, that took a second for me to un- Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ed, yeah. You, you understood number two. Amber. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hater. I do. I do. It took me a minute compared to a second. A hot minute. Um, Yeah, so I chose Misery simply because I've never seen it and I wanted to watch it. So, and I I was told it was a good soccer film. And, like, I don't know if it was a. Um, like it's fine. I thought you said a good soccer film. <laughs> <laughs> Which there was zero soccer in this movie. I was pretty disappointed. Um, actually, throughout the whole time, I thought, how is Lacey going to argue that her movie's better than this one? And how do I already think of counterpoints to defend my movie's <laughs> honor against Lacey? I'm not kidding. I thought of that during this film. And she's like, I bet she's going to say it's not really a stalker movie. Because, <laughs> because Paul crashes and she finds him. And then I'm going to say, no, Lacey. She went to the cabin where he was writing and knew he was there and stalked him. And she'll go, that's not the same as in stalking Laura. So I was already <laughs> going to see it all in my head. <laughs> I this film. So, um... Kathy Bates, what do you say? Like, Kathy Bates is fucking phenomenal in this film. I think if anything you walk away from, it's it's her performance is great. And I I thought the author, like, I thought he was going to be a lot more of a dick. He's really not. And he actually stays pretty calm for the situation that he's in at times. And I thought he did actually a really good job of managing Kathy Bates' um, erratic and mentally disturbing behavior. And I just love the slow descent of, like, it, you know, you get right into it. He crashes his car in that snowstorm she finds him you know he gets a little bit of that queasy things don't seem to be going well but like there's things are weird here like why am i not at a hospital she's like oh there's a blizzard you know i can't get there he's like okay you know the phone lines are down she seems to be taking care of him he has she has these meds and 
But when she like loses her fucking mind when he she says there's too much swearing in the book and <laughs> she goes off, I was like, fuck, why she's the actor she is, man. Like it was just such a jump from one to the other. And I I was sad in this film when the when the sheriff died. Right. Um, like that I, I didn't see coming. And that actually really upset me because I thought he was a really affable person. So the stalking in this is a little bit different compared to our other films because yeah, she sees him at the cabin, like Lacey's gonna argue later, but I know that Crash <laughs> That's what he would have been there if it wasn't for him driving and she brings him in. But I think the slow decline of their relationship and her being so obsessed with this misery book. And there's people that are out there that are like, look at Harry Potter fans. And I'm not saying Harry Potter fans are like, you know, un- mentally unstable, but people get there. <laughs> they do. They get really passionate about stories. You know, there's a lot of books out series out there that people get really upset when they kill off characters or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I thought this movie really emphasized it well and I thought the ending was a little cheesy um but overall the interaction between Kathy Bates and I can't remember that is it Paul Paul's the name I can't remember the actor's name uh, James, um, James Khan. thank you um it's incredible you know you got these two who's actors also an elf right <laughs> ah. <laughs> um so yeah I I had a good time with it but I'm I'm really looking forward to trying to debate it later and losing to Lacey so um yeah that's my thoughts yeah um heather you're absolutely right i knew um, you were gonna <laughs> say i knew it i was watching what she's gonna say um but also i i think i'm more curious right now is how you got through the final guys debate that we did without have ever seen misery because paul was one of our final guys i know i faked it <laughs> you did it really fucking well. <laughs> yeah, no, Lacey, I lied. I lied. And I read the Wikipedia and I uh, faked it. Well, I knew enough about what happened, too. Like, everyone oh, knows what shit. happens. You know, you could call me crafty. Um, but yeah, like, Misery's not a surprise. Like, it's anyone who hasn't seen the movie has a basic idea what happens. It's pretty popular and well known. Um, yeah, it's um, actually one of my favorite movies of all time, Heather. So. Oh, that's uh, good. So, but um, you're right. I don't think it's necessarily a stalker film. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it it does have stalker elements to it. I just feel like it's more of like a captor, kidnapper kind of movie. But um, no, I love the movie. Um, Kathy Bates is incredible. Um, you know, she was watching him at the cabin. I will give you that. Um, and she was obviously following him, and we don't know if maybe she tampered with his fucking car to have him cause an accident. See, we don't. That's what I've always wondered. Is like, I mean, she was obviously following him, or she wouldn't have been behind him. Was it just luck that he ran off the road, or he's driving, you know, real wheel drive car in the middle of snow? But, or did she do something to the car? You don't really know. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I was always curious about that, too. Um, so, yes, we'll give you it is technically has stalker moments in it, Heather. Are we not surprised, <laughs> though, Lacey, that I called the argument that you and I were going to have and what your my counter was going to be to what you were going to say and then what you were going to say before we even had this discussion? I think that just speaks to how many debates we've had and what I knew you well, were going to say. No, I like. I think that's cool. I think that's cool out well, of all yeah, of this. But I think everybody else probably had the same similar thoughts, though. Like, yeah. Like I don't. I. I. I, I don't know. Uh, Nikki, what do you think? Is Misery a stalker film? Uh, 
I don't believe it is a stalker film, no. But I do feel that it is safe to assume that she was following his work of art for a long time with his right. writing, and she had developed this warp perception in her Obsession. mind. Yeah. Um, it, the film isn't about her stalking him, no. But she she does have a stalker-like mentality, though, with the warped perception she had. She, like, literally believed that they were having a relationship. She believed that they were connected through his writing, and... Um, she does have the mindset of a stalker, but yeah, I didn't feel the film was her stalking him. It was more obsession, um, kidnapping him. Definitely has the mindset of a stalker, and I do. I think that's what she was doing beforehand. I think she was, in fact, stalking him before she kidnapped him. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. Like, I don't think the movie itself is a stalker film, but I feel like if you did a prequel to the film, that would be a stalker film because she's probably, I, I, I would assume she's always up at that cabin whenever he's writing a book, probably like watching him. And then that was just kind of her chance to get him. And then she knows all his little quirks. Like he smokes a cigarette, has a glass of wine or whatever, whenever he finishes writing, um, which, you know, I mean, you could say, like, anyone could do that. Like, we all might have a favorite celebrity that we know a lot of stuff about. That doesn't really make you a stalker. But, uh, you know, I think she just takes it a step too far. And she's up in his business, knows where he's, his cabin is and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, besides the idea that it's not really a stalker film, I do love this movie. Uh, it's probably one of my favorites as well. I've watched it. Many times, I honestly didn't even rewatch it for this podcast because it's one that I've seen so many times. And I read the book a few years ago, and that's really good as well. But so I think it's a good pick just for the sake of talking about it. And I think Nikki brings up good points with um, she has the stalker mentality where she kind of lives in her own world of what's going on. And that's not the reality. Um also, that sheriff um, that gets shot, that scene is very sad. And I looked him up before, and he actually killed himself in real life oh, with, oh, a shot, with a shotgun. Aww. Not a shot, oh, like a shot to the head. Because he had, uh, he had something, he had like a terminal illness. So he, he was 80 years old when he did it. But oh, so okay. that always kind of stuck. But still, it's like he shot himself. And that always kind of stuck with me that... I was like, that's a sad death in the movie. Let me look up this actor. And I'm like, that's a sad death in real life. Great. But anyway, that's just a fun, morbid fact. Um, I'm just glad Heather finally fucking watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know we could fake our way through the... Oh, you can't. Just read Wikipedia and, like, do a popular movie. Like, there is guaranteed movies out there that you have never seen that have been talked enough in the horror community that if you read the Wikipedia, you can be like, yeah. Yeah. All right, You've well, seen enough of the scenes and things. It's yeah. true, right? It's or true. Or watch a trailer from yeah, back in honest. the day where they give away everything. Yeah. Well, right? well, no, next time I'm going to be like really thorough with Heather now that I know that she's a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> so I'm what color be. shirt was he wearing? <laughs> yeah, Heather. Yeah. I'm like Googling images rapidly on my phone. <laughs> oh, I don't know, it's All right, Tracy, what do you think about Misery as a stalker film? Um, I think the fact that Paul was 
trapped. Like he was so injured, and there was that was no way she could have like set up his car to injure him in a way that would make him incapacitated. Um, but the fact that he was, and then he wakes up, and he thinks he's been saved. He's like, "Oh, this woman saved me! Thank goodness she was there. I would have froze to death outside, you know." And then, um, as her personality so slowly unravels, he starts to realize, "I am stuck here." I can't drive. I can't walk. I can't do anything um, to get away. And and I'm stuck here with this woman. Like how terrifying! Like every second of every day, you're just waiting for her to come in and you know throw up all her crazy all over you, and you have no recourse. You can't do anything but try to play their game. Um, but um, I mean, as far as the stalker film, I mean, I, I I'd say like. Um, like someone else said, it's like the sequel to a stalker film. Like the first one would have been her, you know, creeping around and and watching him through the with binoculars or whatever. And then this one is her, like, woohoo! Like her, you know, she's like, she finally got <laughs> out of it. Lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tracy, I'm assuming you probably read the 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 story or the book, right? Yes. Yes. Now, does it allude to more stalking in the the book or the story? Um, not really. Uh, it comes it comes into it where I mean, it's pretty much like the movie where he's driving and he is drunk too. I don't know if he's drunk in the movie, but um, he's driving in the snow and he crashes or whatever, and then he wakes up and he kind of like wakes up slowly because he's um, healing and he's under all his drugs and everything. Um, and then he wakes up and he he just sees this woman and she's actually really thin in the book. Um, which I don't think it really matters, but um, I, it, it gives you a different perspective of like how scary she would be because Kathy Bates is so um, intimidating physically. Wasn't um, she a baby killer? Yeah, in she the was movie, a nurse yeah. that like um, would kill babies, and then she got he found like a scrap. Who keeps a scrapbook of? But whatever. Baby um, killers, apparently. Apparently, right. like oh, all of my successes, I'll put them in this book. Um, you know, so he finds all this stuff and, and, and so because he's, um, he's trapped in there, you know, and, and, and I think, does it snow? I think it snows again afterwards. And then the sheriff comes in and the sheriff always made me think of like that scene of the sheriff getting killed always made me think of psycho. Um, when the, um, when the cop is shot on the staircase. Mm. Um, I'm just picturing but, uh, the William H. Macy remake with the really bad <laughs> acting on the stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that, that, for some reason, that's the one that popped into my head. That's unfortunate. I know. But I, I mean, she's definitely a stalker, whether it's a stalker movie per se. I mean, really, what is the definition of a stalker movie? Come on. A movie where people stalk people? Yeah, and that stalking happened. You could say Children of the Corn was a stalking movie because the corn stalks. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something different, and then I was going to make that joke about the corn stalks. Oh, Tracy, you actually yes. had it. Oh, laid man. Out. Yeah. Now, Tracy, the- you're my favorite from pop horror now, just so you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. What? No. I, I mean, no, you're not. I, I don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> His shirt was green. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> blue. with the book tracy with the book um i have heard i've never read it i i do read a lot as well i've heard the book is more 
violent and graphic than the movie is. Is that true? Yeah, she, um, there's a point where she, I mean, she hobbles him like she does in the movie, but she also cuts off his thumb. Oh. Yeah. Is there, like, something with cauterizing it, too? I think so, yeah. It's been a while since I read it, but, um, and you think, like, like, I can only imagine this, in the book, this tiny-ish woman being so incredibly intimidating and scary to this, you know, physically fit except now broken man. Like, it just seems so much scarier to me that she was tiny. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, what is your thoughts on Misery? Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot more to say. I mean, this movie is great. I love it. Kathy Bates is awesome. Um, I, as far as this, the, is it a stalker movie or not? I mean, I think, I feel like maybe that wasn't what she was maybe that wasn't what happened i think she was a lucky stalker but she <laughs> was she was definitely creeping around so i'm i'm giving it i'm heather i'm telling you it's a stalker movie uh and and even if she didn't stalk mm. him like that she had that obsession where she was stalking him from afar like trying to learn every little thing she could about him um, right. You know, she was like reading every interview and like writing notes about every little thing that he mentioned about. Right. Which is also anything. very, it's not overt stalking, but it is stalking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I dig this movie a lot. Didn't read the book, have a few things that I kind of always have wondered. And that was one is, uh, you know, did she do something to the car or was she just really lucky? Um, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I pretty much just agree with everything you guys have said. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, Tracy, uh, why don't we go to your movie? Why did you pick um, Pieces, the porno puzzle movie? The porno puzzle movie. So um, I I don't, you could say I dropped the ball on my choice, or you could say I was really inventive. So um, it's your choice on, on that. But um you, when I look at what you guys picked, and I think stalker movie, I'm like, oh, you know, like that's what they meant, and not like just like a crazy person who's stalking random high school teenagers. But it's out of the box because box many and just the one. So I mean, you guys can take that any way you want. But um, I watched this movie um, a few years ago for Cryptic Rock, and so because I watched it, I was doing a um, uh, horror movie history article, so I was looking up all the stuff about it, and like just finding out like the crazy stuff that went on before, during the filming. Like they used real blood and guts for that, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, um, and the when they when like the um, the killer comes in and chainsaws one of the women. It's actually a pig carcass. Like they actually, they like went full tilt boogie with it. But um, I just, I don't know. I, I just thought it was um, really well done. And the twist at the end, like, like there's two twists at the end. I mean, there's one you can kind of see coming from a mile away because he's collecting body parts. But um, then the one at the very end with the, I, I know, I guess I won't say it now, but um, the, I call it the deadly friend ending, where it's just, you're just like, oh, this is how it's going to be, and then raw, something really random happens. 
But there's also the Bruce Lee guy. Yes. The Bruce the Kung like, Fu professor. He? he was just randomly like like where they were like, hey, this guy knows some martial arts. Let's throw him in there for no reason whatsoever. Um in the in the smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed line. <laughs> like at the beginning. Um but uh, it's Eli Roth's favorite um Flasher film, so there's my horror movie boyfriend likes it, so gotta be good. But yeah, like the whole thing with putting the woman together, you know, making his own sort of Frankenstein person out of all these. And and I honestly, and I can tell tell you, I honestly had no idea who it was. Like as I'm watching it, I was like, oh, it's gotta be. Oh no, it's gotta be. And I'm usually pretty good at like figuring out. You know, like the you can kind of piece it together, and I had no idea who, who this was going to be, who the killer was. So, um, kudos to them for that. But, well, uh, yeah, I will go next because this is one of my favorite movies of all time, and so I will defend it being a stalker movie because he had to put together the perfect woman, so he had to be stalking each of them. He wouldn't just get a random woman. He like had he went to find like okay he he's like he needs legs so he like goes to find a girl that's got the legs he wants he's stalking all of these women and picking them very particularly so I'm gonna go with you Tracy this is a stalking movie um, but this movie has got so much to it yeah you've got Professor Bruce Lee uh, you've got bastards <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and then you've got the the dude, the main dude, who's like supposed to be the big man on campus and stuff, and he's just like such a dork, and I don't get why everybody likes him. Um, and he's just, I mean, like every like every woman is just like, oh please, will you just fuck me, please? You know, <laughs> you and your nappy little sweaters. And the whole oh. tennis angle, like it was like, oh, yes. tennis is so hot. I know. I just, I always say this is my favorite movie about college women's tennis um, by far. <laughs> and like, and then that stupid generic school song thing that plays through the whole thing makes you just want to like rip your ears off. And I just, I adore it. I actually have that puzzle, but it is from a place called Messed Up Puzzles. And uh, it's a, it was a thousand piece puzzle. So it, and it's wow. like, and it does have like the blood splatter on it. So, you know, you can put together the woman pretty easily, sort of. I mean, it's kind of still kind of hard, but like the background is all pink and that thing took me forever to put together. And so now every time I watch that movie and he's putting together like this 10 piece puzzle, I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. You know what? You try to do the thousand piece puzzle, buddy, and then get back with me. <laughs> Just imagine how many body parts he'd need if he did one piece per piece. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, then he wouldn't have to kill people so much. He could just carve little pieces, you know? Yeah. Like, just take like, a hand. Or... Here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I knew who the killer was um, when I first watched. I've seen it so many times. I just can't, like, remember. But... I mean, this movie is just, it's just like a red herring showcase anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I adore it. And I don't know why, um, why Cream in Boston is so good. 
like he says to uh, Linda Day George at the end, you know, she's like, ooh, you know, they're drinking coffee. And she's like, oh, this cream's great. Well, yes, of course. It's, you know, it's Boston. Double, double. Uh, apparently there's there's something there but yeah there there are so many things i could say about this movie but i i will let you guys because i'm kind of curious on who's seen this and who who thinks what about it carly okay um <laughs> so i saw this one at a drive-in twice actually um i've seen like every movie to drive in but uh i gotta be honest i don't really like this movie too much um it doesn't i feel like it's one of those ones it's like oh yeah pieces it's a classic like it's got some parts in it that are so bad it's good and i just like nothing really hits right with me personally like the bastards thing i kind of just cringe at and like the the music that that school music is super annoying to me which it's supposed to be but it's just like it's too much um i do feel the movie has good gore of course and uh some pretty good kills um when I think of this film, I think of a slasher movie, but at the same time, I think slasher films are also stalker films, you can argue, for the most part. I mean, because, uh, like it was mentioned, uh, all these women are being stalked beforehand. And, you know, Halloween, for instance, uh, Michael Myers is stalking his prey out the whole movie until he ends up killing them. So uh, it definitely falls under the stalker category for me. Um, but... Uh, it's just not one that I, 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 oddly enough, I've seen this movie quite a bit, I feel like, at this point, but it's always either, like, it, it happened to play two drive-ins, like, back-to-back that I went to, and then uh, it was one I think I had to watch for a podcast before, and then I got it in my horror pack, and I watched it for that, and then for this, I'm watching it. So every time I watch it, it's, like, for a reason, or it just happens to be playing at some event. Um but I don't know, just something about it doesn't really sit right for me. And the killer at the end, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Uh, it's just, it's not like anything exciting, I guess. Um, I do like the whole, I do like that whole end scare where the the body falls from uh, behind the wall. And it's like, oh. And what the body does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It's very cheap, corny, but I do enjoy that. So there are elements that I like about it. Um, I think the gore and the kills are probably my favorite part but just the characters in it don't really appeal to me too much um the one guy actually reminds me of the creepy guy not the one i talked about in my story but the one i've talked about previously he kind of looks like him uh the one with the uh what even is he? he's the one that gets framed yeah that guy um <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of my feelings on the movie. It's just like a personal thing. I don't love it, but I do think I do think it falls under stalker category at least. All right, Nikki. This was the first time I had seen this one, and it's a very interesting film, I must say. <laughs> um, I think this really had the potential to be really, really thought-provoking and um, even more terrifying. What I think the film did well, the, the scenes where the stalker is stalking these women and killing them, he, he's stalking them in a sense from they're, they're completely 
unaware that he is coming at them. And it's always like in moments where they're not like, like in the, the very beginning scene, there's a girl just laying out on the grass, just studying. And then she gets killed. And then there's another scene where a girl, she just got done doing this amazing dance routine. She goes into the elevator and she gets cut up by a chainsaw in this elevator. And, and the effects with these kill scenes, they're very, very sinister. And that really pulls you into the film because you're, you're feeling for these women who they're, they're caught off guard. They have no idea this is coming. So I thought that that was genuinely terrifying, these scenes. Where the film lost me was the other backstory where they're trying to find the killer. I think it brought like this element of cheese where as when you're you're following the the stalker after his victims, you have these genuinely terrifying scenes, but then you have this other story that just kind of, it didn't really make sense to me. I did think this was fun. And I laughed really hard at the ending scene when um, you find with, with the main guy, which I too, Rebecca, I did not get the appeal. I do not understand why all the women loved this guy. I was just like, um, like, yeah, what is it? Like trying to figure out what his charm was because I did not see any charm from this dude. And I guess that kind of made the ending that much more satisfying feeling that way. But I... There were parts of this I genuinely was scared by, and then other parts I was just kind of met about. But overall, I I enjoyed it. So Nikki, there's a there's a theory out there that seems pretty plausible that the girl, so he banged every woman on campus and just kind of like you know, bam bam, thank you, ma'am, right? <laughs> so there's this theory that you know this this person put together is from all of these women that this guy has wronged, and so it's like the 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 whole like student body quite literally goes after him at the very end. That's why he gets his nuts ripped off. Ah, okay. So that was basically the, the moral of the story. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay. what's that movie called patchwork? All yeah. right. That's, I think that's kind of what people have thought about. Okay. Well, that puts things into perspective. This was a first time watch for me as well. Um, I actually really dug the opening sequence of the movie, um, you know, where he's putting a little porno puzzle together and the mom comes in and she freaks the fuck out. Like, um, this is filth and it's so fucking extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is filth. Never again. You're just like your daddy or something. I can't remember exactly what, but like, I was like, so curious where this was going. And then like, obviously, like, you know, it's the little boy that killed his mom, you know, and he's in the closet and you know, he's like smart enough to like play that he wasn't the one who just killed his fucking mother. So like kind of in my head, I kind of knew that. All right. So it's 40 years later. So it has to be somebody that's like kind of psychologically smart. So who's like smart would either be a professor or like the Dean, you know? So my thought was around those. Um, It's never a good thing to be a cop in a movie. So I never thought it was a cop. Um, the the stalker element that I liked about the film was like the shadow use um the use of like where you can just see like the um he kind of looks like Darkwing Duck <laughs> you know what I'm talking about 
I like the mystery, like the silhouettes of like the, you know, like the costume. Like I really liked the costume. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not like stalker in like your traditional sense. I mean, it's like a stalker slasher, um, you know. Um, I would still classify it a, a, a stalker film to like, it, it depends on how you define stalker, you know. Um, it's a stalker slasher is how I classify it. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it was definitely more quirky than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought like the, the the beginning of the film sets the movie like really high. And like as I'm going through it, I'm like, what the fuck is this trying to be? Like I'm so confused by this movie. Like I'm really confused because it's the first time watching. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, but by the end, like especially like when the balls get like snatched off, um, I was like, oh, okay, so it's meant to be ironic. <laughs> so I was like, um, so like I don't really like have much of like a feeling of whether like I liked it, disliked it, loved it. Like I'm kind of just like neutral with it because it was only a first time watch. And I was a bit confused. Well, I didn't know what it was trying to be. And, you know, like, obviously, like, having this discussion um, brings sheds more light. So I think going into it, if I watch it again, maybe I'll enjoy it more because I'll know more what I'm what the movie's supposed to be. <laughs> because like that opening, like it sets it up like it's supposed to be like a pretty nasty horror movie. I mean, you still get that. But like, it wasn't like a cohesive thing, in my opinion. It wasn't a cohesive um piece I guess I don't know but yeah overall it was it, it was all right for a first time watch Heather yeah I, this was the second time watch for me and I'm glad you picked it Tracy because the first time I'm like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> but the second time around I was like oh fuck there's some funny lines in the film like the part where the guy gets the note at the library and he's like I hope nothing happens to her I couldn't live my life if something bad happened to her. <laughs> the guy's like, oh my God, are you the famous tennis star? Blah, whatever. Yes, happened. because everybody knows. Yeah. And the fact that she has to have a side hustle as a cop. <laughs> I'm like, was this not talking about like how poorly women are paid in fucking athletics or what? But anyway, oh fuck, it was funny. Like, I don't know. There's just so many funny one-liners and I agree. And that guy was like, yeah, you know, banged another chick. That's why I was late to banging this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was really funny. And I don't think it meant to be funny, but it it was hilarious. Uh, but I thought it was actually a good stalking movie. I love, like, the 80s, like, starts out with some childhood trauma. And he killed his mom because she got rid of his dirty puzzle. And who is he now? <laughs> 45 years later, is it the professor? Is it the gardener? Like, it's just, oh, <laughs> like, I cuts up the chick who's on the fucking front lawn. Like, she's just sitting there, and he's like, yeah, I'll be done in a minute, and fucking, like, cuts her apart. Anyway, this movie's great a second time around. Watch it a second time, because it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, Tracy, I thought it was a good stalker film. You know, he's stalking co-heads, the co-eds. The role is this person is stalking co-eds and creating his own, like, patchwork Barbie fucking thing that he wants to put together. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I really did. And it was a total movie from 1982. So thanks for bringing it to the table because a revisit gave me a better appreciation for it. Nice. Okay, yeah. Um, I did like when the chick's arm got chopped off. I was like, holy fuck. 
<laughs> like it's yeah, there are shocking moments in this yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the kills were top notch for sure. Um, all right, that's uh, fucking pieces, Nikki. Let's go to your pick and why. All right, so I chose the 1971 film Duel, and I wanted to think outside of the box with a stalker film. So this film is actually, it was written by Richard Matheson, who also wrote I Am Legend, and this was also the second film that was directed by Steven Spielberg. So the the film, basically the entire film takes place for the most part, on the road. There's like little pit stops here and there, but in the very beginning, this salesman, he comes up behind this semi-truck and the semi-truck is going super slow. He doesn't want to wait, so he goes ar- he goes around the semi-truck. The driver of the semi-truck cannot let his anger go. So the rest of the film is this this the driver of the semi truck stalking this man this entire film because he can't let go of his anger because he passed him, <laughs> because he was cut off on the road or he passed him on the road just one little moment that set him off and it's a very it's a very thrilling movie um the there's effects that are done on the actor Dennis Weaver, like there, after he figures out that this this truck driver is trying to kill him on the road, he stops off at this restaurant and he's sitting around and he's tr- and he sees that the truck is parked outside and he's trying to like figure out who did it and he's looking around and he's looking around and you just see like how his mental health is just being affected. And the psychology of that, and he's thinking, well, is this truck driver insane? What is going on? Why is he following me? Why won't he leave me alone just because I passed him on the road? And it's just a very interesting story to watch. And he, he like, thinks that certain people in the restaurant are actually the truck driver. And that's what's actually even more sinister about this film is that it never shows who the truck driver is so that just kind of leaves an element that's open to the imagination there but it does have a very solid ending that feels i felt it was very satisfying to watch because of everything that transpired in the film um it's very intense from beginning to end it grips you i love how it takes place all on the highway And one thing that I thought was very metaphorical was also how the the truck driver could represent, you know, a bully and how this man, Dennis, the the actor Dennis Weaver, you see how he's not really um, very strong at the beginning of the film. And it's a progression of him getting more strong as the film goes on. And he there's one scene in particular where he does kind of like a standoff with the the truck driver he gets out of his car and he starts walking but the truck driver like backs up so it's like oh so he's only tough with his semi truck like and he was even out like the guy could have like pressed the pedal and like ran him over but he didn't so it was like well why like what's going on here um it's just a very interesting film and i thought it was a unique spin on a stalker film that i wanted to also pick four 
this show. So what did you guys think? Um, I thought it was a great pick. Um, I liked the um, the thinking of it, um, you know, not your conventional soccer film. That's why, you know, um, I liked Tracy's pick as well. Um, I thought, like, I love, like, the in, like, I wish they would bring this back in movies to where they do, like, the in-head narration, kind of like they did, like, it, like, it reminds me of, um, I thought of Instantly Freaky Friday with um, Jodie Foster. It, mm-hmm. I can't think of the, the who played the mom, but there was always that like in my narration, and they did that in this movie as well. And when he's in the bar and like he's like thinking about it, like so you can like, he's not saying it out loud, but you can hear him thinking about it. And <clears throat> I think sometimes like that's what's wrong with some of these movies today is like you don't get like just those little tidbits that we used to get. Um, because apparently you can just read what the person's expressions are thinking. No, no, that, you know, like I, I sometimes like, like, I wish they, we, they would bring that back, um, that stylistic approach. So I appreciated that. Um, can we get some justice for the fucking snake lady? That lady is Mrs. Elrod from Halloween too. Is she? Yeah. Like, I looked I, it up. I was like, whoa. I fucking felt bad for this lady, like, cause like she comes and she he was she's like comes out like so excited and he was like yeah give me give me some diesel or whatever it is like whatever kind of gas or ethyl give me some ethyl and like um, <laughs> she comes out running like okay and um, she's like take a look at some of my snakes if you want to and um, yeah she's just happy for the company yeah the business. Poor fucking woman. And like he like goes to the payphone. And for some reason, I feel like I'd seen this scene before. Um, but I also I think it also happened kind of like the movie Joyride, right? So I think I was like, I think that also happened in Joyride, but I'm not sure. Um, because it's been a while since I've seen that as well. But like the obviously this movie inspired Joyride um heavily. Um, which ironically, we were talking about that because you know, with the we, the day that we watched it, uh, we were talking about like Buffalo Bill and The Hills Have Eyes and Joyride, and obviously uh, Buffalo Bill plays um, uh, Rusty Nail in Joyride. And the day that I watched Duel was actually uh, that actor's birthday. <coughs> so that whatever. Anyway, connections. I, I was just happy mm-hmm. about it, but anyway. And yeah, yeah, and and uh, the 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 guy at the diner, he was an elf too. Right. Was it wasn't it? <laughs> the whole class. Oh, right. yeah. Calm the fuck down, Rebecca. I just had to do it. You asshole. Anyways, um, but yeah, so uh, this fucking snake lady, and so he goes to use the payphone, and like the fucking you know what's gonna happen. The dude, the fucking car comes or the fucking truck comes and like almost runs it fucking down. And he does run the the fucking payphone like payphone number. He's like, you got another phone. She's like, that was my only phone. <laughs> <laughs> just like ruins her place. Like, like is this bitch just so like fucking money hungry that she doesn't have her own fucking phone? That like, like does she get to keep the money from the payphone? I'm so fucking confused. I mean, <laughs> she, I doubt she's getting much business <laughs> where she's at. She was so, like, it was such the most random fucking lady. But, like, I felt bad for her because that was her only fucking phone. Um, I think the most intense moment, though, has to be the school bus. And I fucking hate, like, it went on for a little too long. 
because these kids were just like annoying me, like where they're like sticking their tongue out at him and he's just trying to fucking help them. And so the kids like pissed me off in that sense. But and then like you don't know what the fucking truck is going to do because like you've seen him do some like really shady shit. <coughs> so what's he going to do with the school bus? So that, that was a really intense moment um, in the movie. I think it was the most intense in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I thought overall it was it was a like it had like those little moments with the snake lady that breaks it up that gave me a little bit of humor because um, it is like it's pretty you know, on the road. And I think being somebody who has traveled long distance, you know, on highways, like that is like semi trucks have always fucked with me. Like I hate like feeling like I'm getting boxed in by them. Like I just mm. fucking hate semis. This, this fucking movie is exactly why <laughs> like this, this is what people are afraid of. So um, good pick Nikki. What did you think Heather? Oh, man. When I was like this, I'm like, who the fuck chose this movie again? This movie is hilarious. Um, yeah, Nikki, I was shocked it was you. I didn't know you <laughs> saw this movie. Honestly, it was it was jokes. Like, I... <laughs> like, even the beginning where he's talking to his wife and she's like, you didn't stand up for me at the party last night. I was basically almost raped in front of her children. <laughs> right? Whatever the fuck they're doing. The random conversation they have in the diner. And I thought it, it reminded me of like the Hitcher and stuff like that, only obviously a little bit different because it was just a pure road rage incident. It also kind of reminds me of the movie that came out with, um, well, this obviously came first, but the one last year with Russell Crowe. Um, oh, Unhinged. Unhinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I think Unhinged got a little bit of inspiration from Duel 1971. And yeah, it was fun. And like the scene with the school bus and like kids are playing on the fucking road and the guy's like, get these kids off the road. And the bus driver's like, no, no, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> Let them play on the street. And the and the like the old couple that basically is like, we don't want no trouble. Go deal with your own shit, dude. <laughs> We're not gonna help you. <laughs> like it's fun. It's a really like action-packed, great film. And I had I, I really enjoyed I always enjoy these sessions because we we watch movies, but I had not really seen, I think except for pieces, was the only time that it was a repeat watch for me. And I didn't even know this movie existed. Like I had no idea this movie even was a thing. So I enjoyed it quite a bit and I thought it was a unique new a unique take on stocking. And I thought it was a cool pick that you brought to the table, Nikki. Thank you. Rebecca. Um, you know, I, I would like to watch this again. Um, I was, I was actually, frankly, bored for a lot of it. I felt like there's, like, way too much of just the cat and mouse on the road. I kept waiting for Rutger Hauer, um, <laughs> or wishing that Rutger Hauer was in it. Um, the guy, it, it was cracking me up when the guy was doing his inner dialogue, because he's just, I mean, his the way he's delivering these lines, he just sounds like a freaking idiot. Is it that person? Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> um, so he kind of got on my nerves. Uh, so that was that was probably the biggest flaw to me, is that I really did not care about the protagonist. I'm like, run him off the road. I don't give a crap. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you can tell that Jeepers Creepers, uh, Joyride, The Hitcher, you know, a lot of other like kind of road movies got inspiration from this for sure. 
Um, and this is probably, I would say, an early, you know, a very early example of that. So I'm sure that uh, this was a little bit more original back in the day. Um, I what the one thing that bugged me about the movie is when he finally runs him off the, you know, he finally runs off the road, and you know, this tanker or whatever it is, you know, uh, falls down like off the mesa or whatever. The whole time they're really focusing on the back of the truck that says flammable. And the damn truck doesn't blow up when it <laughs> topples over. You're right. I always, right? in my head, I always think it does and then it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know that's, I know that's stupid, cheesy, like I'm an American, I want an explosion kind of thing. But I mean, they just really focus on that. And like, cause I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, okay, if I were this guy and I were really trying to do something, I would like throw some Molotov cocktails or something. It's flammable. If I can get <laughs> far enough away and I can set the thing on fire, he's going to explode and I'm going to be fine. Um, and then it doesn't even explode at all, which makes you wonder, like, did he even have anything in the truck? Was the guy actually like hauling a load at all? You know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was okay, but I I feel like there were a lot of there are a lot of other road stalking movies that I like better. But um, but I can appreciate that this one was definitely a definitely an inspiration for a lot of things. Tracy, what's your take on Duel? Um, I agree with Rebecca that it's very um, it's almost one note where you're just it's just the chase. It's like a giant chase scene of a movie. Um, but I did. One of the things that really stood out to me, um, this movie compared to the other movies that were picked, this was a guy being stalked instead of a woman. Oh, I guess Misery is a guy being stalked, but like the difference between a guy's reaction and a girl's reaction um, stood out to me. Like, you know, there's a part he gets he gets chased and then he pulls off to the gas station and they're like, he's like the the car is doing whatever and they're like oh do you want to replace the hose and he's like no i'll do it later and you're just like duh like uh, any woman would be like yes please because i know i'm gonna be you know i'm in this huge desert landscape with nothing but my car for safety please fix all the things and he's just like the hubris of him he's just like yeah it's fine like he didn't even he wasn't even worried about it, you know, so um, so that, that stood out to me a lot was like the difference to, um, you know, and another thing too, like a woman would probably not have continued driving. She would have found that diner and been like, yep, stay in here. Uh, hope you have a bedroom because I'm not going anywhere. And this guy was just like, well, got to keep driving. You know, I don't know. Um, but it, it's it's cool that the stalker was actually the truck like that's how you imagine it is like there's not anyone driving the truck it's the truck itself like there's no one driving it and that's kind of how I pictured it um I thought that um it was clever like because um I can't remember who, which one you guys said it but um you know being boxed in by the the trucks from the highway and stuff and like that even if you're the biggest human ever if you're boxed in by those trucks it's scary because you know there's nothing you can do it's going to crush you so everyone's had that experience where they're just um, they feel like they're going to get run over by a tanker truck and, you know, the, the final destination. Like you're a hot dog between come. a bun. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like you're driving behind the log truck and the logs are going to fly out and kill you like final destination wise. But um, <laughs> um, I thought that um, it was very clever to use the truck more as a character 
to me rather than like a person. Um, yeah. And it made it more impersonal. Like, how can you argue? You can't be like, Mr. Truck, please stop arguing. You know, I'm sorry. I whatever. You can't apologize to it. You can't like um, try to appease it. You can't wait for it to get tired. Um, it's just going to keep coming. So um, I thought that I thought I like that. That was a really cool aspect of it. All right, Carly. All right. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this film. Uh, I watched this with my mom when I was younger, and I remember we laughed throughout the whole thing. Um, so I like that Heather brought up the fact that it's very comedic, um, even when it's not really a- intending to be comedic. Um, I don't really get bored with this movie because while it is a very basic uh, a cat and mouse chase type of film i think that they do enough to it to make it interesting throughout where you know he stops at the diner the gas station the snake attraction um you got the whole bus scene and then even when he's in the diner you get that internal dialogue because if you didn't have that there would be nothing going on because he's not with a friend or anything so he would just be he would just sit there eat a sandwich and leave probably so it's um but i you know i agree with rebecca his internal dialogue is hilarious like it's just so over the top and bad at times um and like interestingly enough I looked it up and one of the guys sitting at that bar is the uh you know the actor who was driving the truck and you could see which one it is which is kind of cool that they you know do have him technically sitting there at the bar but you know you never really find out which one it is in the movie of course um I just, I love these road horror movies, and uh, this is very much like the Hitcher or Joyride for me. Um, I love the whole deserted setting, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the, you know, the whole snake attraction, and the, just how, you know, there's nothing for miles, and then you get to something, finally. Um, I always kind of wanted to live, when I was younger, I wanted to live a life like this, when I really, really hated people, which I still kind of do. Um, I always <laughs> thought, like, wouldn't it be nice to just, like, have a very basic ass job at like a gas station in the middle of the desert and like just you know that sounds you barely... fucking miserable, Carly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fucking miserable. Okay, well my opinions have changed anyway over time. I don't really feel that way now. But as a kid, I was not like a teenager. I was like, you know, I want to get away from everyone. I just want to go somewhere where no one knows me and just you know do desert shit but anyway um there's just a lot of unintentionally funny parts in this movie that make it really entertaining for me like him running after the truck from the diner the way he's running is hilarious him jumping on his car to get it unstuck uh from the bus was hilarious uh the ending where he's driving up the you know, the giant hill, and he's like, oh, the ratty-eared hose, and then he's going, come on! And showing those close-ups of his face. Uh, it's just all around very enjoyable to me. Uh, but it's also creepy, you know, the only thing you do see with the truck driver is him putting his hand out the window a few times and, like, you know, egging him on. And, uh, you know, it's just a sinister thing that this truck driver is only really focused on him. Like he, when you do get to that bus scene, it's scary, but it's really just him that he's worried about. And then those old people, they, they're like, I don't want any trouble where well, you're not going to get in any trouble. Cause you're not the one that the truck driver is worried about. It's all Dennis Weaver's character. So, um, I find that really 
well done in the film. Uh, so yeah, this is definitely another one that I would classify as one of my personal favorites. And I hadn't watched it in a while, so it was nice to revisit it. And yeah, road horror in general is probably one of my favorite subgenres. So good pick, Nikki. A good pick. All right. Uh, we'll throw it back to you, Carly. Your movie and why? Okay. Uh, when you said to pick a stalker film, uh, the first thing that came to mind actually was Someone's Watching Me because uh, of the title. And I, I had seen it before a few years ago. I have it in that Twisted Terror box set collection, which unfortunately my DVD just randomly stopped working halfway through the movie. So I had to find it online and finish it. Um, I don't know. It just quit working in every player in my house and it doesn't even have a scratch on it. So I don't know what really happened there, but yeah, someone's watching me. Uh, this was John Carpenter's film that predates Halloween by one year. I believe it's from, so it's from 1977. This came out technically. And, uh, I think it might have been a TV movie, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. But I, th I think that's what it said on IMDb. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could definitely see the inspiration that led to Halloween. But, you know, basically you have this woman. She moves to a new area, moves into one of those big, fancy apartments where it's... I, what do you call those? Like a high-rise? It's not really... It's like a condo. Condo. Thing. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, and it's, you know, one of those big places that has, like, windows everywhere, and you could just see across to the other, I guess, high-rise across the way. Um, we, we've definitely seen a lot of films like this uh, come out in recent years as well, um, and also in the past, you have stuff like Rear Window and whatnot, but... Um, so she moves in, and she starts getting these calls from this dude and he's just kind of saying weird stuff uh alluding to he's like watching her and whatnot and then hanging up and that's kind of it then she's getting like these letters in the mail about winning an excursion or something and uh that's all kind of set up by him as well and she's kind of like a badass type of woman who's like okay whatever like she kind of has this quirky personality to her to where it's not really even bothering her that much at first she's just kind of interested in what's going on and kind of joking back with him on the phone and then as the movie goes on she gets more kind of freaked out by the whole thing and realizes it's a little bit more serious so um i think it's definitely uh you know the definition of what a stalker film sort of is um and i i always like these movies where you have a neighbor kind of peeping in at you um, from across the way. And, you know, you look back over and you, there's so many different apartments and such. And it's like, you, how the hell are you going to figure out who it is? And that's why I would never want to have a place with like one of those giant windows, even though it's a nice view. It, it, that always freaks me out to have be that exposed to the world, even though you're high up. But um so, yeah, I think I thought it was a solid movie. I like the main girl, even though the gap in her teeth is very uh, distracting to me at times. Um, but I think she's a good actress. Uh, then you also have Adrian Barbeau in this, of course. She's playing like a lesbian type character and she's uh, 
becomes friends with her from work. Then you have this love interest that comes into the picture. Um, you have some some uh, vibes at her workplace that are at first similar to the stalking Laura thing where there's a guy there that's kind of interested in her, but that kind of falls to the wayside. Then she gets with this nice guy. And there's just a lot of good elements to it, I think. And uh, it kind of, it keeps, it, it kept me at least interested throughout the whole thing. And I think the lead girl is what really kind of draws me in. Cause she, again, she's not really playing the scared, um, fragile woman throughout the whole thing. There's a few parts where she gets really freaked out, but for the most part, she's acting very brave. So that's one thing I've always liked about the film. And <clears throat> I think this was only a second time watch for me actually. So yeah. What do you guys think? I actually really dug this movie. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't think I wouldn't. I kind of like this sort of uh, standard stalker movie like this. Um, Lauren Hutton, like I always think of her in Once Bitten. So it took me a while to like get out of that mode. Like because I'm like, but you're a badass vampire and stuff, you know, because she's such she's like the stalker in that movie. Um, but I really liked her. Her personality and Adrian Barbeau's personality, their chemistry, they felt very natural. Um, and, you know, this is the 70s. This isn't a time where being stalked is something that anyone took seriously, as, you know, evidenced by her talking to, you know, the cops and stuff. She's got to keep a, a detailed log of all the phone calls for her to do anything and just the whole thing of like, well, we can't do anything until he does something like does what kills me. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of sign of the times type thing with that. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I just, I really dug this. Um, I think she had natural responses and again, she, she's a professional. She, um, you know, she's a director for live TV, you know, she's done, she's kind of, it's a very similar kind of like to the Brooke Shields character, you know, she's kind of made her way in a, uh, a man's world. And so she's had to, she's had to, you know, toughen up a little bit and have a different demeanor than most women. Um, and that comes into play and it, you know, it actually benefits her. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I actually really like this one, too. I, I I feel like I'd seen it before, but, like, it would have been, like, when I was, like, a kid. Like, I feel like I watched it with either my grandma Louise or my grandma Sandy. I'm not sure. Um, I did not know it was John Carpenter until I went to go post that I had watched it. So, so, so when I grabbed the poster, it said John Carpenter. So I was like, is that true? <laughs> like, so I had to go IMDb it because... <laughs> fake news. <laughs> fake news, yeah. I was like, did, did somebody just attach his name to it? Because I was like... And then, like, as soon as, like, Mike Merriman was asking, he was like, so what are the movies for SPM? And um, I, I, I said this one. He's like, someone's watching me. Is that uh, John Carpenter's movie? I was like, yes, Mike, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, so um, apparently that's a wide-known, a, a well-known thing, and I'm the dipshit. But, yeah, um, so, um, no, I actually liked Lauren Hutton character a lot in this. Um I thought she was cool. I liked, like, her feistiness. Um, you know, she was quirky, as Carly said. Um, I liked her style. I liked the way she dressed. Like, I wish, like, I mean, she doesn't have, like, the greatest rack, right? 
but like the way that they like lie like she can wear like these open blouses that just make her look like so seductive even though she doesn't have boobs you know what I mean does that make sense yeah and I like just her person like I like the way she picks up the dude at the bar just the way she she goes she's very confident with everything yeah, like, I, I just liked her style. I liked her. Like, I feel like if there was a character in a movie, like, that's somebody that I would want to play. Like, that's the type of character. Mm. Um, I thought that the um, excursion part of this was, like, ingenious. Um, it reminded me of, um, I still know what you did last summer when they do the radio thing. So get them <laughs> to the fucking Bahamas. Rio de Janeiro. But um, uh, it reminded me of that, um, but I, I just thought it was, like, a cool, like, different take, and, like, he's sending her gifts and shit, you know, and um, he gets mad at her when she closes the curtain, and that's when, like, things really start to get, like, really tense, because um, she's like, no, I'm not opening my fucking curtains for you, you know? Um, I thought it was a little bit corny with the the walkie-talkie, and then, like, of course, there's always the <coughs> fucking cop that doesn't fucking believe you. Like, why is there, a, like, why, like, come on, like, why why would she fucking be making this up? You know? Um, was that the dude from fucking Taxi? Anybody? I have no idea. I don't really know Taxi. The one, the one, like, yeah, Taxi was, like, in the 70s. Um, it Rebecca. looks like him, but I don't think it's him. It fucking looked like him. I don't know. Like, the one that was, like, <laughs> set up as him. But, so I was like, why did they send up the tech? It didn't sound like him, but um, I didn't actually like look into it. But um, no, I um, it's kind of like it has like that Disturbia rear window kind of feel. Um, I, I I don't know, like I, I haven't actually seen rear window, but I'm assuming it has the same feel. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's a there's a new movie coming out called The Watcher. I don't know if you guys saw trailers for that. It looks kind of similar to this vibe. Yeah, who's in it? Um, I forget what her, it's the girl from, she played in, oh god, It Follows, and like Greta. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it looks, it looks pretty creepy, so, just, yeah, it looks like it's inspired. She's in Villains too, right? Yeah, she's been, she, she was in a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Micah, Micah, Micah Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I really like this, um, I, I was a bit confused because at the beginning she's like, I'm moving. And then like the movie just like starts and she's moving into an apartment. So like had this guy followed her before, like I might I must have missed something. <clears throat> well, what I missed was I mean, she's there's like that phone call of like, you know, she's having a fight. Was that just supposed to be like a red herring? Because it seemed like she was she was leaving town and going like all the way across the country because she was breaking up with this guy in a bad way or something well he said i'll follow you wherever you go yeah so like was that that was at the beginning credits right yeah like was that just like a boyfriend kind of thing because i mean if that was really the guy that she that was doing this later i mean wouldn't she have been a little more alarmed to start out with that's where i was confused yeah, I was like, yeah, I, yeah, cause I, I, yeah, it was like I, the stalking thing seems like a new thing to me because if you were had been stalked and you moved all the way from like East Coast to West Coast just to get away from a stalker, the first time you got some kind of weird phone call, you would just be like, ah! 
Like, you know? here, yeah. No, well, because yeah. she makes, like, because um, uh, Adrian Barbeau says something along the lines of, oh, you have that look, you had guy problems or whatever, and she's like, oh, you don't even want to hear about it. She's like, I have the same problem. She's like, ah, oh, what was his name? She goes, her. Like, you know, like, it's so extra. But, um, uh, like, so it had to be, like, a boyfriend, right? Like, just based off of that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, according to the IMD, I'm just, like, this is just the description. It says, uh, TV director Lee Michaels moves from New York to the fancy apartment building Arkham Tower, which I think is hilarious, and New <laughs> Los Angeles to forget to forget a relationship. Mm. Okay, okay, so, yeah, the dude was, like, but I would still be, like, freaking out that he was the one that was doing these things. But, um, yeah, overall, I, I thought it was a solid stalker film. It had, um, like, I wish that, like, you could have, like, seen Adrian die more. Like, she's just sitting there on the walkie-talkie screaming, like, wouldn't you, like, run over right away? Yeah, I think that's when it becomes apparent that it was a TV movie. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, she kind of gets killed, and then that's that's it. <laughs> it's like she's forgotten about. And she's like, yeah, no, she's dead. Was her name Sophie? Uh, I'm bad with names. Hold on, I've got this pulled up. I'll tell you here in a second. Uh, yes, Sophie, good job. Ah, nice. Okay, yeah. okay, see, I have somewhat of a memory still, not just sick brain. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, this this is uh, by definition, in my opinion, stalker film. So yeah, um, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, so what did everybody else think? God, uh, Tracy. Um. I loved, and I know, I understand this movie came out before, like, the 80s. Um, and so whenever I think of 80s movies, I always think of the, you know, the typical woman in the negligee and the high heels running from the killer, like, defenseless and stupid. Like, like, and it's almost like horror movies have told women how to react in these situations. Like, oh, you should just run away and not defend yourself. Like, why does no one ever defend themselves? But in this movie, I thought it was awesome that she was just like, screw this guy. Like, in what year did it come out? 1977? I mean, even back then, 78. Even back then, you know, women's lib was still kind of a new thing. And, and a lot of um, portrayal of women was, was, oh, they need to be protected by a man. And, and the, I love that she was just like, screw that, you know. Um, and I, I honestly keep confusing the Brooke Shields movie and this movie, like what happened in which one. So I apologize if I accidentally move over into the other movie territory. Um, but the like, I love that she went after the guy. She wasn't just like, you know, she figured out where he was and um, she, she went after him and she was just like, you know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and wait for the cops to save me. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to take care of this shit myself. And, um, but I did think it was weird, a little weird that, when she got the telescope in the, um, like, he he sent her the telescope, and I was like, like, if someone just started randomly sending me presents, like, that, <laughs> that, that like, crosses the line. It's, like, not a phone call anymore. Anyone can get your phone call and phone number and call you and be an idiot. But when they start sending you gifts and they know where you live and your exact address, like, like, that's the line. That's the, that's the part where you're like, all right, now I need to get all the guns or something, you know, because this is just, this guy is freaking me out like he could be anybody 
and when you live in a big city like that, you look at all those like out the window and all the other windows, like thinking of all those other people out there and it could be any of them, you know? Um, so I, I mean, again, like you guys said, it's like the poster child for stalker movies, this movie. Um, even though the woman was a badass and not like just a, although it probably would have been a pretty boring movie if she just was like, ow, and then they, he killed her in like the first five minutes. But, you know, um, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, no, like, I remember, like, watching the scene where she gets the telescope and she's, like, putting it together herself. I was like, God, she's really fucking self-sufficient. <laughs> right. Like, I would have to have somebody else fucking do this for me. <laughs> like, well, I remember, like, moving into <laughs> my own place and, like, I had to, like, pay somebody to, like, set up my desk for me. <laughs> so, like, she, this bitch is just putting this telescope together by herself. I was like, God, she's really self-sufficient. I'm proud of her. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just had that moment. Um, what did you think, uh, Nikki? Yeah, I I really enjoyed this one too. When it first started, I wasn't for sure if I would because it definitely is a slow burn. But the slow burn with this one is all part of its charm because when in most cases, um, when someone's being stalked, it always starts out pretty slow to begin with depending on the situation and then progresses into it's like the stalker will test the waters to see how far they can go and this is brought across to very well in this film i also thought lauren hutton was a badass and um her in once bitten that's one of my favorite movies of all time and i think that was the only other movie i had seen her in so seeing her in this role it was a nice change of pace to see um, other venues in her acting repertoire. So I too thought it was so creepy when she received a telescope as a gift, Tracy. I I was thinking about that. And I was like, well, why would he send that to her? Like what, like, like what is his thought process for sending that to her? Like, did he want her to stalk him back? Like, did he think that she would, you know, set it up and, like, seek him out and they can just watch each other through the telescope. Like, what was his thought process? Like, it, it's pretty sinister to think about. Um, like, if I had received a telescope as well, I'd be like, what the fuck? Um, it, it was very, I thought that was scary. And the fact that they're up so high, um, I, I'm not really scared of heights. It depends on the situation, um, being up that high in those buildings, that definitely brings a fear of heights into play. And it's very effective, especially when she's having her showdown with him at the end. And it also pissed me off that nobody was taking her seriously. I, I think this film set the precedence um, for what, like, it brought awareness to stalking. And there have been so many stories um, in the true crime community, especially um, where they've done, you know, stories have been written, um, documentaries have been made, movies have been made where s nobody takes the the stalking seriously and the, the person who's being stalked ends up murdered. And it was like, so that had to happen for this to be taken seriously. It, it's quite sad. And there has been a lot of movement with that um, since stories like this have been brought into people's awareness. And I think talking about it is, is really a good thing to continue to do. And 
to continue to take stories like this seriously when people are saying, hey, somebody is, they won't leave me alone. Like, what can we do? Like having better preventative measures with this. Um, um, I think we are headed in that in that direction, but it, it's just very interesting to see how it has progressed from um, that time. I think this film was 1978. So for it to be brought into awareness for that, I really appreciate it. And I think this is a solid stalker film as well. Heather. Yeah, I don't know how I missed this film by John Carpenter. Uh, I didn't even know this existed. So I'm not a good horror fan because this movie is is really fucking good. And I I feel like everyone has, you know, obviously there's flaws, but I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I thought the main character was a great mix of um, feminism and feminism is still relevant at the time. I love that they brought up a, uh, a relationship that's not heterosexual in the 70s. Props to them for that. Um, you know, we still have a lot of issues and a lot of prejudice now. So that was pretty incredible. Um, I, I did enjoy kind of, I didn't really know who the stalker was and I appreciated that. I, I really didn't know because there was a lot of different options of who it could be. I did enjoy the subtlety of her getting hit on at bars and constantly saying no, but then eventually she did find someone she did want to connect with um, and the relationship that they have. I was upset when her friend was killed. I thought that was shitty. I, I did feel a little bit of an anxiety along that. And I thought the ending scene was fucking phenomenal. And I thought this movie had a really powerful ne- message. I, I echo what you say, Nikki. Um, I think we've come a long way. But as my opinions have been reflected several times in this episode, I think as a society, we really have to address a lot of different things. And uh, But I think this movie really did break down barriers. And I think it shows what John Carpenter's capable of as a director. And fuck, thank you for bringing it. Thank you. Because I didn't know it existed. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Rebecca. Um, I thought I already went. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you oh, did. Sorry. I Wait, did. Guys, come on. I'm sick. Give me a little. Oh, bit. it's okay. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a break. <clears throat> um, all right. So I guess that leaves. I I can make you love me or the stocking of Laura. Um, yeah. So I chose this one uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, Me and Nikki, when we were kids, we watched, um, we we had a thing of watching a movie of the week every Monday night um, because they sometimes would have, you know, either Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Candace Cameron, um, Mark Paul Glassier, like, uh, you know, um, I think I already said Tiffany Amber, but yeah, Um, they would sometimes be in the movie of the week and we'd get excited. So we got kind of got hooked watching them. Like, and I remember seeing the preview for this one and we were like actually really excited to watch it for some reason. Um, and obviously I, I picked this one prior to um, everything that had happened because we picked this show uh, way a month, a month ago. Do we not? I'm pretty sure. Um, before all everything went down. Otherwise I might have um, chose a different one, but, um, but it makes it relevant, I suppose. Um 
but I chose this one um, because I thought it was kind of funny. And also because when I think of stalker, this is every girl's nightmare, um, every female's nightmare. Um, this is like the epitome of like a stalker, like a stalker to me. This is the definition of stalker. Um, like when it's one on one, like it's one person stalking one person. Um, I had forgotten. I remember like we we cracked up at it when we were little, and then we had watched it again a second time, and we both had agreed it had taken on a a more serious note. Um, however, I watched it with Dan, and he thinks everything's funny, so um, it was kind of funny to watch with him. Um, and I, it, it probably wouldn't have been funny had it not been for, um, you know, uh, Stuttering Bill from It, it Chapter, um, or the TV miniseries It. Um, but yes, we have Brooke Boats and Hose Shields in this. Um, so we'll just call her that. Um, I don't think she's like the greatest actress. Um, so, um, it's obviously a made for TV movie. So I think like half of these are actually, um, so if that says anything about it, um, but I thought it was a, um, I'm more curious actually what you guys thought about the movie. Um, I, I thought it was like, I know it's like a serious topic and whatever, but like the, the funniest moment is when he comes to like her work and, um, where he, he goes back to the place he got fired and the dude walks out and he goes, hi, whatever his name is. And he goes like, you can't be serious. And he was like, turns around and he goes, hey, like, like, are you really going to talk shit to somebody that's like carrying a fucking rifle <clears throat> or like a bunch of guns? And he goes, cowboys and Indians. And he just blows the dude away. Like, I know, it's probably not like like that should not be funny, but it fucking is. Oh, because it is Richard Thomas. But yeah, um, <clears throat> no, they changed this, the name of this movie a bunch. Um, I for some reason in my head I had rem I had thought that they had built a friendship prior to um, prior to him just automatically stalking her. But he he starts it like right the fuck away with that fucking blueberry fucking bread. Like I don't think I've ever met a dude that bakes. Um, yeah, that's a red that, flag right there right like <laughs> what do you mean and like he's like smelling it and he's like uh, like the way that he gaslights her and like treats like gives her the toy and like it's just uh, it is very infuriating like because like and she's trying to do the proper thing like she let it go on for a little too long before even telling anybody um, but like I also feel like that's kind of like how you know with some of our stories that we told earlier that we were you know, um, let things go on for too long because you're 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 afraid that what's going to happen happens and then it fucking happens, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it is like the epitome of stalker. So, um, I don't know. Like, it, like it's not funny. Like, but the movie is funny. I'm sorry. Um, like when he's like sitting and she's like she's giving him like the silent treatment. He goes to like our softball games <coughs> and um, they go out to dinner after and he's like at the edge of the table and it comes to her turn to order and he like tries to order for it because Laura get the number 26 it's the best <laughs> and she's like um, I'll take the number 24 or 29 whatever and like she doesn't end up and he like he's like so offended he didn't she didn't get what he wanted to order but then at the end like he just wants his final fucking meal 
And um, he orders the number 26. Like, I was curious if he ever actually got to eat that. Oh. <laughs> Which is true. Like, I looked it up and that, that was true, too. That was, yeah. He yeah. was given that stupid sandwich and Diet yes. Coke or whatever. Um, yeah, it's that, pretty by the it's pretty by the story. So that's yeah, what I'm, I was going to say. I didn't. I mean, I knew it was based on a true story, but it's like a made-for-TV movie. And are they embellishing? But then when I when I read about all the stuff, I mean, he wrote her like two hundred letters, like in <laughs> three years. Yeah, and he brought her baked goods and all this crap. And in this case, actually, um, interestingly enough, this was like eighty five, eighty six is when this was happening. Um, so it's still before you know, stocking was taken seriously. This led to the first stocking laws in California in the early 90s. Like, I fucking hated her employers. Like, I would have left that company. I kind of believe she still worked there after. Like, uh, I'm guessing she got a very nice raise, I think. <laughs> I would have hoped. Yeah, I I don't know. But, um, yeah, no, I just, I, I think it's, I thought it, like, it is a horror film. Even though it's made for TV, um, it's like real horror and it's true crime. And I just, I don't know, it's a fascinating story. And but the one thing, like, fucking Brooke Shields, like, it's so, like, phoned in. Like, because, like, she's like, I think I have a collapsed lung. And then she just passes out. And then, like, you go read the story and she's like, she got shot and she had a collapsed lung. So, like, <laughs> they have to like give out every detail. Yes. So, like, I have a thing, I have a collapsed lung. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't have had the doctor say that. Like, she had to say it. Like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, I'm curious. Take it away, ladies. Um, you're you're right. Like, Brooke Shields is not the greatest actor. She was the right actress for this level. I mean, if this had been a cinematic thing, they could have gotten somebody different. Um, John Boy Walton. I've always found him creepy as fuck. And he's really super creepy in this. And he's like, they're both kind of playing that over the top. Like, hey, we're on a Lifetime movie. You got to kind of, you know, do a little extra stuff. But in general, like, I don't know that I would have found this funny. Or I, I think maybe I'd find it funny if it were not real. But knowing that it's real. Um, and I didn't look up the details until afterwards. Um, just to, just because I was like, really, was he that weird? Like, yep, I guess he was. And, um, like I said, it just brought back so many, like, just so many memories of things that happened to me, you know, working in a predominantly male field. And I really, I, I understood when she was like telling her friend, her roommate, she's like, I am the only woman, you know, like it basically in my level in this company. So I can't really be making waves, um, you know, and, and it's it's sad that it took this dude to like get a motor home like full of ammo and explosives and crap and like gun down like half a company for like anybody to take notice and actually start making laws against this crap. Um, uh, there, I, I'm, I'm sure Heather has a lot. There were a lot of things that just really infuriated me knowing this. Like I said, the clo like the clothing. She's supposed to stop her aerobics class because of the clothing. Like just that whole blame the victim thing pisses me off. Um, and the helplessness. I think like the parents, like they, you know, she she confided in the dad, but you know she's like no i can't i can't do anything because i'm I, i'm an adult and this is my career that we're talking about it's not like it's some rando boyfriend that he can just go beat up 
I mean, this is like her actual job. Um, yeah. I I did not expect to even like this one. I, I actually watched this when I was at work, like while I was working. And I was like, oh man, I really need to be drunk to watch this. I should do a drunken commentary. And then I started watching it. And like, then I kept like finding myself like uh, watching the movie instead of working. Because <laughs> I found it really interesting. Carly? Um yeah, I had never seen this before, and um, I I was very entertained by it. I figured it was going to be kind of cheesy going into it, much like Mother Knows Best kind of was. Um, I appreciate, like, these Lifetime TV movies uh, really kind of get to the point. Like, like you said, you in your memory, you thought that they had some sort of friendship going on beforehand. But no, it kind of just jumps right into he's a weirdo immediately. And she says no to him immediately. And then uh, it escalates as the movie goes on to, you know, something really bad by the end. Um, it definitely does play pretty comedic at times. Um, like, I like the part where they go to talk to him about his you know hr finally has that meeting with him and then she's like sir are you insinuating that you will kill me if we fire you and he's like yes i'll kill you and everybody else and then it's like okay and then they fire him for like you know his job slipping or something yeah, stupid but, like, like they that. wanted to keep him which was what was fucked up yeah um. it, it was just the whole jobs that that whole thing was infuriating i mean it's definitely a little over the top, um, but at the same time, it, it makes me angry. The part where he brings her the gift, um, I would have ducked that guy in the face if he did that to me. Um, I wouldn't have even opened the gift. Like, she does kind of play along with it way too long. Like, I would have just been like, I'm not accepting your stupid gift. Um, sorry that you wrapped it. Take it back. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, and the fact that when she brings that up to the people, it's, again, the victim blame. They're like, well, were you making funny faces at him? Like, oh really? God. Yeah. Who like, fucking cares? He did a creepy thing, people. And what's up with this baseball team, softball team, anyway? Like, what? Did I, like, why are they on an adult softball team? Like, what's the point of it? I think they, they do that at a lot of companies, actually. Like, really? Especially, like, if they're big companies. Like, I know, like, when I worked for Nationwide Insurance, like, they had um, sports teams like that, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of weird, but... Yeah. No, right. I never yes, partook in it, but yeah. Right. I, <laughs> I would never. That would be a nightmare to me. But, yeah, so just a side note there. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's a... It was a very easy movie to watch and take in. It, it made me very angry. I think his uh, performance was great as the creepy dude. Um, he really kind of sold it. And then by the end, I was surprised by how dark it did get. I didn't realize it was going to go that far. And, you know, he actually takes out a large amount of people in that company. And, um, you know, it's, and he also injures Laura, which I think it said she, you know, did kind of have lifelong problems after that. Uh, like she kind of, it took her a while to regain strength in one of her arms or something, something of that nature. But, uh, so yeah, this is definitely, I think out of all these movies, the definitive stalker film thrown through, um, this one really pissed me off and it also, Maybe laugh a few times. 
for uh, unintentional reasons just because it's a lifetime movie but i enjoyed it and i'm glad i got to watch it so this was a good pick. and i also watched this off youtube and they had like all the commercial it, it was like the tv of the or the <laughs> the movie of the week actual segment and they had like commercials and stuff playing during it and then at the end brooke shields comes on she's like stalking is very serious please call this number <laughs> it's like it was very cheesy but yeah fun times well, I'm glad you got to experience the way me and Nikki did originally. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Heather, I can tell you're raring to go. Let us have it. I don't know. You guys said everything that wanted that you that needs to be said here. This mo- this movie just emphasizes fucking rape culture, as far as I'm concerned. And um, it's it made me mad the entire time. The misogyny, the victim blaming, all comes from a place of at no point did she do anything wrong. At no point. Um. And, you know, what she wore in aerobic classes, I was so angry I could have put my fucking fist through the screen. Um, But it reflected a reality, and I think that's why I was so angry. Um, Is that exactly probably was said to her. And that's fucking disgusting that somehow in some world she would be blamed for going to an aerobics class or told that she should change. She should have never had to change. His ass should have been locked up in jail. and. It would have worked if it was female stalking a male. I would have the exact same opinion if it was female on female, male on male. Um, it's not okay behavior. I I did really appreciate how closely they followed the true story. Uh, Lifetime films sometimes take a lot of liberties. I, I really don't mm-hmm. think this one did. Like I, I think this one, like the dialogue, I think was pretty fucking accurate to what yeah, was said. It just spoke right? for itself because it was such a crazy yeah. story. They didn't have to emphasize anything. Well, and I'm sure she was treated the way that, like, I'm sure those conversations pervade happened. Like, yeah. and you know what I mean? And and I I really commend the film for that. Did I think that it was my favorite film? No, um, out of the ones we watched. But I do think it did really bring the justice to a true story. And the reality dangers, I think you said it very well, Lacey, the, the real life horror of what happens when people's behavior isn't put in check and we just sweep it under the rug? Because even when he was terminated, it was said he was terminated due to his performance, not due to her, her the harassment of her. And that just shows me right there how much the company valued her as an employee and what was happening in that situation. The shooting was, you know, suspenseful for a tv film um there was some cheesy stuff like brooke shields brooke shields right like you know you take brooke shields for who she is but the whole time though and as much as like i didn't i i think that richard thomas especially looking at the original dude um or, yeah richard thomas playing richard farley but like <laughs> he would all the time i was like bill what are you doing bill like i couldn't get past the fact that he was the guy from it like throughout the entire fucking thing right but, right like, <laughs> but that's that fine mall. you know what i mean right like yeah and i was like all time i'm like where's pennywise like when's pennywise gonna show up but he for the role that he was picked for he he did it well he was a good stubble stud, stud, uh, subtle level of creepy that continued out throughout that he did things that were bad enough but just not bad enough quote unquote for people to react and and how he carried it out for four long years um yeah for a lifetime film it surprised me and angered me um i'm glad it it forced stocking laws to be put in place um yeah i'm i'm glad we brought it to the table not 
not my favorite film out of the six, but very high ranked and, um, you know, enjoyable for the message that it was trying to bring to the table. What killed me, Heather, like you were saying, like he went far, but just not far enough. She had evidence with those letters. Yeah. I mean, some of those letters yep. just had some, I mean, really threatening shit. And like, she couldn't even get anything done with that. And that's what's like infuriating. But again, it did take, you know, it would take something like this to happen for people to react. And, you know, if you go back to the last movie we were talking about, like, well, I mean, if he does something, then we can do something. Um, there's just no preventative measure at that point in time. Right. And I felt like she was being told to change her behavior when she wasn't the fucking problem. Nope. And that was the thing that made me, and I appreciate the film for the year it came out, but that shit still happens now. We still have fucking slut shaming. We still have fucking rape culture. We still have that shit. And it's unacceptable. Male on male, female on female, female on male, male on female. It's unacceptable no matter how you dice it. So I do appreciate that this movie took on that topic and the real life story of it. Uh, Tracy. Um, this one reminded me of, um, remember that movie? It was also a Lifetime movie, um, maybe like 20 years ago with Nancy McKeon. And she played the woman who was stalked and... Um, no one would do anything about it, of course, you know, because they didn't back then. And it took for the guy to, find, I think it was her ex-husband, ex-boyfriend, to hunt her down and stomp her neck with his feet before they would actually do anything about it. And that was also based on a true story. I think her name was Tracy Thurman. Oh, yeah. I, that yeah. yeah. That's a good movie, too. But, yeah, it's also infuriating. Mm-hmm. And, he like um, he like completely paralyzed like half her body. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, and, they, and the cops were just like, uh, it's just so. Oh, it, like you said, infuriating that, you know, all this has to happen. Like, what? I mean, even women cops seem to sometimes take that, you know, like, oh, you're just being overly sensitive, attitude. I don't understand why that doesn't cross over. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, and also, um. The fact that, so there's, there's like two kinds of stalkers. There's like the angry stalker and then there's the, like, I love you stalker. And to think that this guy thought he was taking care of her. Like he thought like, I'm the best thing for her in that I, I she can't live without me. And I need to, I need to bring her food and I need to do all these things to like save her or whatever. Like, how do you argue with someone like that? You know what I mean? As the peer person being stalked, you say, um, you know, you don't need to take care of me. And of course, that's not going to convince him because he's, he, you know what I mean? You can't like argue your way out of it. He he was scarier. like delusional. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, imagine being stuck in that kind of situation where you're, you're trying to give all the right, ar- it's like a troll on the internet, you know, like you're trying to give all the right arguments and they're just like, dismissing everything you say because they have this idea in their own mind so um that was terrifying to me because that could so happen and also become this bad which obviously did because it was based on a true story but um like the ones with the angry anger like duel so the guy was pissed off that he got cut off you know like that one you're just like oh i just won't cut anyone off in traffic okay (laughs) go on with my life um but this one is like, you know, she didn't 
do anything wrong. And then this guy just suddenly seems like he, he feels like he needs to save her by by doing all these things. And he'll do anything to, to save her, even destroy her. Uh, it's just like anyone could come out of that out of the woodwork and be like that, you know? Yeah. Nikki? Yeah, this is definitely a movie of nostalgia as we have, we watched it very young. And back when we were younger, um, we, we did find it pretty comical. Um, watching it as an adult, it's, it's not really funny at all. It you guys have touched on all of the stocking elements of that, and I agree with all of that 100%. I actually think it would be really cool to do a show on true crime films. Um, there's a lot of really interesting ones that would be fun to dive into, I think. And two things I wanted to touch on with this film. Um, one question that gets, or a conversation, conversation that gets raised from, that can be raised from this film is, um, the situation about how easy it was for him to buy 2,000 rounds. Like, when he went to go buy his gun, the guy the guy even questioned him. He was like, you want 2,000 rounds? And then um, it was just like, okay, well, you, you raised your, your eyebrows at that. Um, now I have different perspectives when it comes to that sort of thing but in the film the way that it came across it was like the guy already like his intuition was telling him like what does this guy need this for um but also one of the most chilling things about this was at the end where he he said do you think laura will remember this and just the fact that he said that like you like it just like reaffirmed like how crazy he was and how warped and delusional he was that he would want her to remember something so yeah. so hor- horrific like that he didn't want her to die so that he's like she can't die because if she dies she won't remember right and i think i i don't know if i can't remember if there was a, a little synopsis at the end um i think he did continue to stalk her while he was in prison so i think he still attempted to like write her letters and stuff if if that's i i think what i saw was when he was in prison he wrote her one final letter that said that that she won you know well there (laughs) you go you won whatever and this by the way i'm just looking at the wikipedia because it's just pissing me off even more this actually went on for four fucking years Mm. four years from 84 to 88 that is incredibly Ugh, infuriating. Yeah, and like her having to like deal with that and and remember those events and um like what what kind of guilt you know did like he try to create in her with that and it's just it's very it's a very sickening story. He is on death row, by the way, which is a good thing. He's been there for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. They should have put him down a long time ago. <clears throat> He's like in what San Quentin or something. Um, you know, yes, yes. Another thing I want to point out that was also infuriating was like him getting the food at the end too. Like 
Do I and have wanting my... extra ice? Yeah, that yes. Is, yeah, no one wants extra ice. I chew on ice. Yeah, what? you weirdo. Well, Nikki likes <laughs> ice. I'm sorry. Used to. <laughs> but no, like the fact, did they actually bring in the food too? Like, I wouldn't have given him a fucking thing. Well, but if, you know, whenever you're talking about ho- hostage negotiations and everything, I mean, they have to make good on each thing because if they don't make good on the one, they're not going to get the next, you That's know, the true. next trade off. Because they... he gave them guns. For, guns for sandwiches and ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're well, like, the it, ice is melting. You have to make a decision. Actually, the guy was yeah. actually a lot heftier in real life than, you know, the actor that portrayed him. Yeah, it looked yeah, nothing he, like him. Like, no, like, yeah, and I mean, and she was actually very, very pretty and attractive. So, yeah, it makes it even worse. Because he's at least, at least John Boy Walton was, like, fairly attractive. Or he could come off as charming if he wanted to, but I don't know. The mole creeps me out. I know. I know. I just, the mole in those cheekbones, it just drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And how they had to give the kid from, uh, the first hit, the like fake mole so that he would have the mole. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, rest in peace, Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a sad story. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and um, take our votes on. Um, all right, so which one is definitely not the best stalker film, in your opinion? Tracy, we'll start with you. Which one? Which movie would you be okay with eliminating right now, out of the six? Um, probably mine, only because it's. I mean, for the definition poster. You know, child of Docker films, mine is not it. Uh, what do you think about that, guys? Yeah, I mean, if we're going by Stalker films, I mean, if we're going by favorites, Pieces is like one of my favorite movies of all time. But no, as far as Stalker films go, I would probably cut that out. Oh, I thought I thought Pieces was better than Misery after everyone argued against Misery, except for Tracy and Rebecca. Yeah, like, I love Misery. It's probably one of my favorites out of the list. But I feel like if we're talking terms of stalker, I feel like it would be the least yeah. fitting. Yeah, I, I think Pieces is more stalkery than Misery. Yeah, I think so, too. And Misery is also one of my favorite films of all time. I didn't address that when we talked about it. But um, in terms of stalker films, yeah, I, I agree with you, Carly and Heather. Okay. Um... Yeah, um, yeah, okay, uh, I guess we will, like, Misery is one of my favorite fucking, this saddens me to fucking do this. Like, fuck, Heather, why are you, like, I feel like you're playing a mind fuckery game with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I just, I, I'm not gonna argue for something that people had made value, valid points against, um, that seems ridiculous, so, um, yeah, I'm fine with it being number six, like, that's fine with me. All right, so misery is six, and then safe to say pieces is five. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right, so what comes in at four? I personally, uh, personally, okay. I, this is an unpopular opinion. Dual. Okay, I think I think three and four are going to be dual in Death Valley. Let's put it that way. I would put. Duel at four and Death Valley at three. 
I kind of agree. Again, if we're talking terms of just the best stalker film, I think to me, Dole was more of like a road horror movie, even though it's road horror where he's being stalked. But um, I love Dole too, but I think I would probably put it at number four for this list. Tracy? I agree. agree. Heather? Yeah, that's good. I think that's fine. Nikki? Yeah, I can dig it. So, Duel and um, does everybody agree Death Valley is at three then? Yeah. 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 Okay. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, So, we're down to somebody's watching me and the stalking of blah, blah. Um, Tracy, why don't don't you um, tell us what your thoughts are? Um, As as far as the two movies, like the differences between them and trying to differentiate, like, um, you know, what makes them each different. um, Although I am totally creeped out by the guy who thinks he needs to save her from her own devices or whatever, the fact that someone could just randomly look at you across a building and stare at you and like cause all these things to happen and like find out your address and find out your um I don't know. I think that one would I mean to me was number one. Get a key to your fucking place. Yeah. Write you these letters about winning like I don't know. It just was so like random. Like at least the other guy had a reason he met her and he was like, oh I like her. This guy was just like staring through his telescope one day and was like her yeah um yeah i feel like um for like as a horror movie someone's watching me is obviously more um in the realm of like our forte of genre of horror as opposed to real life horror so i'm okay with someone's watching me as number one um does anybody want to change that I mean, objectively, it is a better movie as well. Better made movie. Mm. Oh. Yeah. My pick is the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we got Stalking Laura at two. And someone's watching me. All right. So at six, Misery, five pieces, four duel, three Death Valley, two Stalking Laura, and one Someone's Watching Me. Na 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 na. Someone's watching me. Anyways, all right. Um, and I can't get no privacy. Anyways, okay. Sorry. All right. Well, that concludes. Palo right. I literally can't. Lacey is slowly dying out. I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. It's okay. Um. I just sound like Screech or Shaggy um, <laughs> or Scooby, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right, guys. I'm fucking done here. All right. I'm, I'm on medicine. Leave me alone. All right. Uh, at least you blew out. Um, no. uh, next up is our feature presentation picked by our guest, Tracy. And when we come back, we'll be talking dog soldiers. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Oh, 
like when a posh bear talks dirty. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. And we are back with somebody else fucking say. And we are back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rebecca. Everyone jumps in. Okay, Heather. Oh, we are back with our feature presentation, which is, should I give the movie? Or no? Yeah. I think yeah, let's I leave them all in before we left for the break. Right. <laughs> which is dog soldiers, and it's not about puppies, no. unfortunately. No. Oh. Um, so we'll go around and see what everyone's thoughts were on this film. We'll start with Tracy, what are your general thoughts, and have you seen this movie before? Well, yes, she picked it, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, I was supposed to act the screen. Um, so I love this movie because I love the fact that the, um, was it, is Neil Marshall decided to take the werewolves in an entirely different direction, which was make them, like, think, like, a military, like, it was, like, military against military. I love how, you know, instead of just randomly slashing up people, like, they they would stalk them and, like, hide in certain places and, and attack at the same time. And, like, it was, like, planned out. Like, the werewolves could seriously communicate with each other. And um, that, I had never seen that before. And that, um, and, and there's so many lines. Okay, so my favorite line is a throw. It's And it supposedly it was not, meant to refer to um the matrix but um the part where the guy's name is with a spoon they call him spoon and he gets killed and then they find like this big pile of guts and and i think it's the sarge picks finds his watch in there and and he's like spoon spoon one guy's spoon spoon looking for him the other guy goes there is no spoon like the matrix (laughs) (laughs) i didn't catch that before that's funny um and in the the twist with the girl, I thought that was clever because it, when you're it, upon further watching, you watch it again, and you're like, she really seems to be on their side. Like it, she seems to want them out of there, you know. And and then she ends up um, being one of the werewolves. Which once she turns, which I, I don't understand. Like why didn't she turn when the rest of them did? Like how was she able to hold it off? That's, that was kind of weird. Yeah, Tracy, that was my main thing that I didn't get. Like how how was she able to uh, like suppress it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just like she just finally was just like screw it and then just became a werewolf. And the other guys were like, We can't wait we can't wait to be werewolves so bad that we're just gonna do it now. I, I like was it supposed to be like cause she's a girl? I don't know. Um but and then another creepy thing about the whole thing was the bodies in the basement, like the bodies under the house, like they've been doing this for a while. Like this has been going on and they hunt them and they dry them out like jerky and eat them over the pier like so you what you wonder when the guys came into the cottage and there's something cooking on the stove like oh what was that what were they eating you know there's so many different things and i also mm-hmm. love that um oh gosh ian mckid was in it and he plays dr somebody dr ian owen hunt, hunt on owen hunt, yes yeah with no accent <laughs> he has this accent in this, and it's crazy to even hear it come out of his mouth because I was just so used to hearing him with like an American accent. And I also found out he voiced one of the 
characters from Vice City, GTA Vice City. He he voiced one of the characters of uh, the punk band, which I thought was just hilarious. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, so I I just I I love that the 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 military part of it. Like I'm I'm not a military person. I don't generally watch military movies, but like just having them smart enough and not just be like crazy animals that turn into wolves and then <coughs> run around you know blindly slaughtering whatever like they they had a purpose and it was scary to think that they could think that well even after being turned yeah no sorry <laughs> i just keep having problems <laughs> muting myself um no i'm glad you brought it to the table and i think you made some good points tracy about like some plot flaws, but also some pretty fucking sick special effects in this film, too. So, Rebecca, you kind of chimed in a little bit. What were your, have you seen this movie before? Okay. And what were your general thoughts? So, I had not seen this movie before, and I've heard everybody say, Dog Soldiers is the greatest movie ever, blah, blah, blah. And I bought it, uh, I think during COVID, my internet, well, you all know, my internet was shit. So, I would go to um, Discreet Play and buy, like, stack of movies, um, and so, uh, in one of my trips, this was one that I got and I'm like, I'm going to freaking watch dog soldiers. Well, lo and behold, I never watched it until now. So I, I had it really built up in my head. Now I'm not a huge werewolf fan. Uh, my, the werewolf movies that I actually love are few and far between. Um, but this one, I, I felt disappointed but I think I need to watch it again because I mean, the things that Tracy said are absolutely true. I, I love the different take on the werewolves. I love that they are, they're almost, they, a werewolf is supposed to be wolf and human. And yet in most, most of the, uh, you know, most times that you see this in movies, they turn into complete wolf. And so it is cool that they're like hybrid and they have, uh, you know, they have, uh, strategy and and thoughts and kind of keep a lot of their human instincts um i kind of figured out that the family were the werewolves i think maybe a little too early i think if i had not figured that out i might have been a little bit more interested um i did not know that she was one but i thought she was going to be like a oh kind of like a renfield type thing like she was just like their human watcher kind of thing um, I didn't expect her to be a werewolf because I still don't understand how she was able to control uh, turning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, I liked it. I think I need to watch it again uh, to really have a better attitude about it. Um, but it definitely is one of the most unique werewolf movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it, Rebecca. Carly, what are your thoughts? Have you seen this before? And generally speaking, what did you think? Uh, this is a second time watch for me only. I actually watched it uh, for the summer series last summer because my year was 2002, which is, of course, when this came out. And someone had picked it. It actually came close to being uh, at the top of that list on the podcast, but uh, it was up against May, and we all know how I feel about May, so I was glad <laughs> that May kind of beat this one out. But um I do think it's a pretty good movie. Um, I kind of 
side with Rebecca a little bit where it was very hyped as being one of the best uh, werewolf films of all time before I had watched it and going into it, I kind of had those, you know, pre-opinion expectations and was kind of like, okay, you know, it was good, but it, you know, wasn't the best. Um, But with that being said, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a unique uh, storyline with the whole, you know, military aspects. And I thought the werewolves themselves, uh, you know, they're kind of kept in the dark throughout a lot of the film. But when you do see them, I think they're really terrifying. And I think they're some of the, you know, best done werewolves in a werewolf film. Um, I also, like, I'm, I'm not a huge werewolf person myself. So, you know, it's not my favorite subgenre to really dig into. But I, I do think this is a solid one. And I feel like we weren't getting a ton of werewolf films at this time. So, it, in, a, in a way, this and, like, Ginger Snaps kind of brought it back and brought back some good ones. Because I feel like the 80s, uh, you had a good bit of solid werewolf flicks and then it kind of fell off so um i thought this was a good way to kind of bring it back with a more unique storyline than the basic stuff you would usually get so overall i do think it's a solid movie um it's not my favorite subgenre, so it's not one that i gravitate towards a whole lot uh obviously i mean this is only my second time watch and both times were for podcast purposes but I do think it's good, and I think it was worth uh, bringing to the table to talk about, because I don't think a lot of people really talk about this one on a podcast, that is. Yeah, I think for werewolf movies, you're right, Carly. It's probably not brought up as often as, like, an American werewolf in London or Ginger Snaps or some of the other more popular ones, right? Um, Nikki, what about you? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, this was a first-time watch for me as well. And I think it's a really super cool concept, um, combining werewolves with uh, men in the military and and women, too, as well. And just the dynamic with the story that unfolds, I thought, was really well done. There is a, a lot of action in this film, so it's definitely not one that... Um, is missing in that department. Um, I did find it difficult to stay engaged with the story and the characters, but there were little pieces here and there that I I have a lot of appreciation for, like in the beginning where uh, the main guy, he's refusing to abide to what the, that I think he was a sergeant or a captain or something, wanted he wanted him to kill a dog and he goes no I refuse to do that like he didn't back down to that guy and I thought that that was cool that he stayed true to how he felt and another part that I really liked in the film was when the girl was playing music on the piano and you can hear the the werewolves howling in the background so it was like they were connecting with the music and it was kind of giving a little bit of a hint as to what was to come So I thought that that was a nice little segue into the ending. I thought the ending was really good. I just really felt that I I wished that I was more connected to the story and to the characters than I was because I, I genuinely do love werewolf films. I think the special effects in this were amazing. Um, and the gory scenes, they're really gory. They come out of nowhere and they catch you off guard. Um, I probably would appreciate it 
more on a on a rewatch as well. But overall, I I thought it was pretty good. And Lacey, what about you? Um, I have to be honest. This just isn't my thing. <laughs> um, That's cool. You know, um, like I I like some werewolf movies. Um, you know, like American Werewolf in London. Um, I even like Cursed. Um, you know, Silver Bullet. Um, but I'm not like a fan of the military setups. Like, even though like I'm a diehard advocate for Child's Play Three, and even though it's like at a military school, like that's like the, my one exception. Uh, military horror is just not for me. Um, I don't know. It's like the human soldier. Like I don't like it. Just like that's just not me. Um, and obviously, like losing jewels, and you know, um, to be honest, I kind of tuned it out after the moment where. He's talking to Dr. Owen Hunt from Grey's Anatomy. He's like, all right, now shoot the dog. And, like, uh, like I, 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 I pretty much tuned out from there. Like, the movie was dead on arrival for me at that point. Um, that's all I got. That's legit. Um, I, I, This is my second time watching me. I covered it, actually, on Kill the Cast with Jerry and Kenneth and Jay and Scotty. Uh, fucking two, three years ago now. It was a long time ago. Um I like it. You know, Tracy, I know you, you picked this film. I, I do enjoy it. I think, uh, you know, watching it was a little nostalgic for me because of all the accents. I'm like, ah, the UK and Scotland. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Um, but it's, I, I find that the beginning military part is a lot. I feel like I'm watching Child's Play 3 at parts with like the fake military shooting, like they're shooting blanks and shit and reminds me of the paintball shit from that movie. Um, but I do enjoy when they get to the cottage, I find that that's where things really heat up. I do think it's uh, Liam. I can't remember Callaway or Callaway or Cunningham or something like that. I think Liam Cunningham plays the villain. I like him a lot. He's, he's sexy as fuck. And he's also uh, a really good villain. So I enjoyed him as like kind of the bad Sergeant character. Um, the emotional connection between the soldiers. I dig, I, I like the main woman. I think she's, um, very strong. I when I first saw this movie, I didn't realize she was a werewolf. I was one of the dumb people that was like, "Oh my gosh, she's a werewolf!" Like I had no idea. <laughs> like honestly, like I was like, "Oh my god, how did I don't know that?" Like I, I just didn't catch on. Um, her little rant before she changes is kind of cool. Uh, I thought the special effects were decent for what probably the budget was for this film. I think they used their money well enough, um, and I do enjoy the final combat scene. But I find the movie does end abruptly. Like they're like, "All right, he's left." here in a blown up house the end like i find that a little you know sudden but overall i i do enjoy it werewolf movies aren't my my main go-to but i i do like checking out this one and i enjoy it for what it's worth is there anything i guess when we look at it maybe other people can just chime in as well did anyone else enjoy the military part like did you also like when they got to the cottage and like the shit turned it up like what what stood out for you guys I do like when they get to the cottage and they're kind of like stuck in there trying to figure out what to do. It reminds me of a lot of movies like this, such as Night of the Living Dead and stuff where you're kind of stuck inside and you got to figure out your game plan or else you're probably going to die. So I do like that uh, element to it. Um, And while I think it's a unique idea, I do kind of I'm kind of with Lacey. I'm not super crazy about military based 
horror movies. Um, I just don't like the whole serious element where everyone's like all tough soldier guy and they're just saying, I, I don't know. It, it kind of depresses me, like anything with the military. Like, I just don't like that serious, strong-willed stuff on it, it's just too serious for me I don't know what it is but it's like, so, the to- it's like a tone yeah mm. and then you got the guys being like yes I would like to be at home watching the football game on the telly and hold up next <laughs> yeah. to a nice a nice broad or something like it's just I don't know so man it's overly manly or something I, I don't know how to put it which you know by this pod we clearly hate men here um but, <laughs> Huh. We, no, do I, not, we do not. No, we hold just, we hold men accountable on this uh, podcast. No, we, we like love we, we, we love Ashton Usher, oh, Usher. <laughs> ben <laughs> and Jake G. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought a lot of the, Yeah, I thought a lot of the most intense scenes took place in the cottage where they're shooting at the werewolves through the windows. Like, pretty it was pretty gripping. And don't you feel like, and I know that like in other countries, military service is mandatory for a couple years for guys. I, I was thinking that's what these guys had to be because they did not seem like they were voluntary. Mm. And this seemed like a really lame version of the military. Like they weren't doing, you know, it was just like, okay, weekend warrior kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, it's a good point. Tracy, what about you? What, what, I know you chose this movie. What really, like, what scene do you really like? What stands out to you? Um, I think the military aspect of the guy, like, I, I took a totally different uh, approach to that. Like, to me, you've got these guys and they're doing their, you know, masculinity thing. And they think they're just going to kick everything's ass. Like, they're just, they're just (laughs) like, we have bullets and um, anything that comes near us, you know, we'll shoot it or whatever. And then here come these werewolves that are just like, oh, yeah, like it's, it kind of puts them in their place a little bit and mm. um, and shows them that, you know what, you're not the top of the food chain anymore and you should just shut the F up, you know. Um, yeah. So that's what that's what I took out of it. And also, I also wanted to mention the <laughs> the faucet forehead, the faucet to the forehead kill at the um, I can't remember which one it was, but when they're trapped in the bathroom and they have to like go through the wall to get out to the other room and, and one of them like hits the werewolf in the head with the faucet and like blood comes out of it like how stupid but it just was I don't know it's fun I one of my favorite lines is where one of the soldiers is about to get eaten and he's like I hope I give you the shit I think that's really funny <laughs> like I, I I don't know I guess I'm a 12 year old boy and I thought that humor was hilarious <laughs> But there is scenes like that. I think Tracy, like I, I probably like it on almost just like a little level below how much you like it. Um, I do find, you know, the kills in this pretty awesome. And and when like when the guy changes, when the evil sergeant Liam Cunningham changes, and he just sticks his nails up on the table, and then raises his face up, and you see the changing of the eyes. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, shit's going down. Like I. I dig that part of it, but I do feel like the the military thing, like Rebecca, you're right. These do seem like weekend warriors that are like, we're going to go play with the military for the weekend. And oh dear, stuff happened. Like it does seem a little silly and extremely British and Scottish. Like there's some real, like this is definitely a UK humor type of film as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. What? Sorry, go ahead. When they're talking about like the silver bullets, like he's like, I got a gun with bullets. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, he's yeah. like so proud of himself that yeah. he has a fucking gun. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, no, like, that's true. It does have, like, some fun camp to it, but, like, yeah. Just... What do we think of the final scene? And he was, oh, sorry, go ahead, Rebecca. I didn't mean to oh, I was going to say, I hate anyone who chomps on their gum like the one dude. <laughs> that oh, drives God. me insane, <laughs> and it was driving me crazy to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> true. Does anyone else have the problem with the final scene that I do where, like, the house blows up and he's just there chilling with the dog? Or did you guys think it was fine? Like, I don't know. We'll finish off with our final thoughts on the ending. Yeah, I, I couldn't really remember how the movie ended. And then when it did end, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, the credits roll. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> fine. How did he survive the explosion? Yeah, I don't really know, Nikki. He <laughs> <laughs> was, like, in the basement. So the fire was, like, above him, I guess. Although you think it would have sucked all the oxygen out of the Right. Thing, but... that, that was my thing. Like, just because you're in the basement, I mean, when shit on top of you explodes, I mean, that's your, your roof is exploding <laughs> as well, right? Yep. Well, Rebecca's usual response is because movie. Movie. <laughs> right? Because movie. It's true. It's true. Should we rate this? Yeah, I guess we can jump to ratings. Um, do you want to go first, Lacey? Um, I, I like. I feel like I like. I don't know. Like maybe if I was like in a different headspace, I might like. I, like I feel like it's not even fair for me to rate it, to be honest. But like, so because like, I just did not enjoy this movie like at all. I'm sorry, Tracy. No, nope, that's um, okay. You know. Um, I w- like I wish like I had liked it more um, or that like it had like sucked me in from the beginning or something, but it just it threw me off at the beginning and it, it just never recovered from there, you know, unfortunately for me. Um, so um, I mean, I guess some of the graphics and kills were kind of cool, so I'll go 1.5. All right, uh, Rebecca. Um, I do think that I would have a better opinion on this um, with a second watch, um, but I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go middle of the road. I'm gonna go two point five. It probably would go up to about a three if I watched it a second time, but I'm gonna stick it at two point five for right now. Cool, 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 cool. Carly, uh, I would give it a three out of five. I I do like it. Um, it's just not my favorites, and you know, not. My least favorite Evers either. So it's right in the middle for me. All right. Nikki. Yeah, I would also have to give it about a 2.5. I just wasn't as engaged as much with it as I would have liked. And I, I think if I did revisit it as well, I I may like it a little bit better. Because I do like werewolf films you know how many dudes are screaming at us right now (laughs) no no because they already turned it off long time ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah possibly possibly tracy what are you saying i know you picked this one um i picked it and i i like picked it out of total like superficial like I, the, of the superficial parts of it that I loved. Um, someone else mentioned the werewolves and the like. They're so tall and like they don't have that mm. much hair, so they're still like sort of human. I don't know. But um, now that I've heard you guys talk about it, I'm like, man, maybe that movie kind of sucks. No. <laughs> no, no. Speaking of met, like I feel like this is a movie that I always primarily hear guys kind of blow a lot. So I feel like it's 
one of those ones that a lot of men what like it's tainted (laughs) (laughs) movies for guys who like movies yeah (laughs) even though obviously tracy is a woman and she picked it but no i'm just saying like i feel like it seems like men kind of tend to like it more than females from what i've noticed well what does tracy rate it yeah what do you rate it tracy now after yeah. we yeah. talked about it? Yeah, sure, I mean, sure. Um, well, what's your honest opinion on it? Like, if you like it, like it. Like, do not yeah. feel... Please, like... Yeah, if just because, if just because we, Just because I... It's not, like... It's just not my genre of horror. Like, you know, um, if, if you like it, like... Like, please do not feel embarrassed. No, 100%. no. Like, you just mean, like... Like, you bring up... You're, all these things you're bringing up, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. You know, you kind of, like, start picking it apart. Um... <laughs> Um, I'd still give it like a three and a half. Okay. Nice. I give it a four. I probably liked it the most out of everybody. I thought I, I didn't know I liked it more than Tracy. That's a shock. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this film a lot. I, the military stuff. Yeah. I could take or leave, but the special effects, the transformations, I think it's, I think it's sick. I think it's badass. And I, I do like the final showdown. I just don't like how it ends so fucking abruptly, but yeah, there we go. Dog soldiers for everybody. And I, should I let you see us out, Lacey? Uh, yeah. Uh, we want to give a special thanks to Tracy. Tracy, where can um, everybody find you on social media and um, your project? Um, I'm on Facebook, which there's a million Tracy Allen. So good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, on, as far as email and Twitter and stuff, I'm under um, I Sing, You Sing. So it's I C I N G. Y-O-U-S-I-N-G. That's my handle. Um, and I'm also, uh, Justin and I created a production company to promote this and other projects. It's called Same Damn Brain Productions, and we're on YouTube. I love that. Um, uh, that's about it, I guess. I mean, Pop Horror, obviously, you know. Yes. And, uh, and Tracy is such a fucking badass, you guys. Like, she edits everybody's shit. Like, I mean, I feel like I became a better writer because of her. So uh, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for that, Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for saying that. Um, I hope you had fun. Um, I definitely did. I hope everybody had fun. Um, you'll definitely have to join us again sometime, Tracy. Thank you so much. Yes. For thank you for having me. Well, everybody, we hope you have a wonderful weekend because this usually drops on a Friday. So whenever the fuck I get this edited, um, hopefully I'm not sick by then. And uh, unless I'm dead, who knows? Um, but yeah. No. Bella, no. Uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to get into that. All right, everybody, don't be a boats and hose bitch. That's my cruel intent. Lacey out, mic drop, boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.